Hello, beautiful people. It is 412 Day! Yeah! Hyun's doing out there. This sports show begins right now. Yeah. We can't thank you enough for joining us. Yes, it is April 12th, 412 Day. You know, the beautiful city that we... A few of us, I guess. Sure. Uh, hail from. Very lucky to be from Pittsburgh. The grit that is automatically, mm -hmm. you know, just digested into your body from growing up in those beautiful hills is something that will carry you for the rest of your life. I'm very lucky to be from Pittsburgh. I'm very lucky to celebrate this 412 day. And I'm also very lucky to not have to work for a network that tells me to get rid of my fucking Yinzer accent because for far too long, the Yinzer people, the Yinzer speak, have been kind of pressed to the bottom of the floor saying, hey, you can't speak like that on this particular network. Actors have to change the way they speak. Speakers change the way they have to speak. But for us, we're a bunch of dumb Yinzers that get to say Don literally every single day. Oh, yeah, and yeah. we are very lucky to do so. Shout out to Pittsburgh, a city that never gets enough love. Thank Shout you, out. Pittsburgh. Now, there's, there's a lot that obviously can be fixed in Pittsburgh. Yeah. I'm not saying it's a perfect city, but goddamn, it is a great city uh, to be from. At Tone Diggs over there, Hammer Dad host. Uh, nice Yenzer holiday here. What are you doing to celebrate? Anything sweet? Well, oh. first and foremost, I'm celebrating Honus Wagner, the great one of the greatest Buckos of all time, probably number two behind Clemente. Um, that's on his Jason that's on his Kendall? chest right yeah. there. Yeah. Oh, that's who that Jason is. Jason Kendall's number three. Jason Kendall's number three. Okay. What about Doc Ellis? Well, Doc was Doc's great as great well. Jim Leland. Best, greatest Sean manager. Sean mayor also. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Right. Uh, so it's opening day at PNC Park, one of the actual most beautiful park in MLB. Uh, and the uh, Pirates are, sorry, and the Pens are also going to get a W day. It's going to be a great day in 412. Yeah, it is. Oh. It's going to be a great 412 day. The boys here at the toxic table, at Ty Schmidt, at Boston Connor. Now, much like most things in this show's existence, we knew it was 412 day a long mm -hmm. time ago. Oh, yeah. Of course. Oh, yeah. You know, and we, we decided to ship in some Turner's tea and mm -hmm. really chipped Permanis. ham. Permanis. sandwiches and Rudy subs. We did all of those things. So Hell I can't yeah. wait to. for you boys to get to enjoy those after the show. I mean, Ty, I'm sure you knew nothing about Pittsburgh before you met us. Now you've gotten a chance to go there a few times. Not a bad city. No, not at all. And you're right. I mean, growing up, especially in like the Midwest, Midwest, like you don't. You, the Pittsburgh accent wasn't really anything that you knew about until I met you guys. And now, you know, just by association, you know, a lot of ats, a lot of dons. I mean, that just... Stooge. It, it, yeah, stooge. Salot. Salot. So, I just mean... Just words falling out of your mouth. Yeah, it's but. the best, though. And I love Pittsburgh. It is a beautiful city. I don't think it gets enough credit when you talk about, you know, like the big metropolises around the U.S. <laughs> Pittsburgh's awesome. We're much smaller than Philadelphia, but we're very vastly different, too, I believe. At Nick Moraldo in the back, another you know, diehard Yenzer stooge out here. Um, Nick, how come for so long Pittsburgh was always depicted as a terrible place? I mean, you even look at the Goodfellas or whatever. It's like, uh, don't do business with the people yeah. from Pittsburgh. Mm. Did business with the people from Pittsburgh, ended up in some deep shit, actually. Mm -hmm. Pittsburgh always kind of painted in that fashion. Even when, even when Donnie Iris was mm -hmm. taking over yeah. the entire globe, it Thank was always you, buried. In the Pittsburgh Penguins, greatest hockey franchise program yep. to ever exist. The greatest organization ever. Much better than any other fucking hockey town. We are hockey town. How come it never gets enough credit, Frankie boy? Well, Pat, I think when you live outside uh, those three rivers and you look down in there, I think a lot of people 
have a lot of envy in their eyes yeah. and, they, and they want to come up with theories yeah. and they want to come up with spins and narratives to, to bring us down. Yeah. The great people of Pittsburgh, yeah. the blue collar, hardworking, crafty individuals. Yeah. It's, uh, it's really quite disgusting, to be honest. But, you know, mm-hmm. we've overcome. We've risen above, and we will continue to uh, pursue greatness. No, the, the city of steel is the mother of all your cities. Yeah. Well, well I mean, I don't know about that, yeah. but well, so I can say bring them all Yeah, Massachusetts. Yeah, the steel wasn't yeah, 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 first. Not a whole lot of they'd still know, be big wooden. skyscrapers in Iowa. Yeah, yeah. but that fucking John Machine. Wayne Gacy. Uh, no, true. Yeah, KFC. Whatever you guys what do you think Deer builds their fucking tractors out of? Yeah, huh, pal? Oh. Who birthed John fucking Deere? Well, I don't Pittsburgh. know about that. Yeah, you're I don't welcome. know about that. We'd have to look into How that. about that? Oh, we're from the Motor City. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're you welcome. We, we yeah. will allow our children to go work in your city and yeah. let you become something. Look, I'll let you guys have your day to day. I love Pittsburgh, too. I love Pittsburgh so much. I actually sent $200 to the Pittsburgh Casino as a thank you. Mm. Today? Yes, I did. Right. Every single time mm. you go back to Pittsburgh, you stop by Rivers. You're going to lose your money. Every mm-hmm. time. Okay, there's no winners walking out of that casino other than Nick's dad, Frank. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, he hit, well, yeah. and he hits on the slots every once in a while, but none of us are playing but the slots. But he's paid his dues, you know? Yeah. The yep. casino knows if you live there full-time or if you're an out-of-towner. If you're an out-of-towner, you're getting your money taken. Yeah, by the way, shout out Pittsburgh. Yeah. Shout out Pittsburgh. Thank you, Pittsburgh. Anyways, Pittsburgh Penguins going to beat the fuck out of the Islanders tonight, mm-hmm. you know, without Geno Malkin, number mm-hmm. two player in the world, Yikes. because he cross-checked somebody right in the fucking teeth when he threw a little tantrum. Okay, mm-hmm. so he's suspended for four games. The Islanders might get a win, mm-hmm. but it's four on two day. Sidney Crosby ain't gonna let the boys lose. Well, Not I chance. don't know. I thought about that on the Big Ben day, but hey, it's a different day. What's that all about? I'm just saying it's four on two day right now, dude. That's I know. I'm not looking back. We're distracted by greatness. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying. We thought that was a lock, and all of a sudden they stunk, and now we don't have Malkin on the ice tonight. I mean, I'm worried that there might be a little How's cement. How's pasta in the doing, you scumbag? Pasta skated three days ago, so I'm not worried about pasta uh, at all. Plus, the Red Sox got a massive tilt today. I told everybody in here, if you want to make some money, you put the entire village on the Boston Red Sox today because they might beat the Detroit Tigers fifty to nothing. <laughs> Nothing, but hey, it's four one two day. How do we know? How do we know that? I mean, the Tigers just beat him yesterday. Exactly, and that's how we know. And that's how we know. (laughs) (laughs) Right there. I mean, Detroit is Boston's kryptonite strictly because it is such a dumpy city (laughs) that we play down to it. You know what I mean? We play up to our good opponents, and then we roll into this absolute shithole Detroit, (laughs) and we say, I guess guess we have to suck in the fumes and just stink. Listen, Detroit's a great city. Yeah, but there's no no 412 day for Detroit. I mean, Boston's got a six one seven day, but Detroit just has yeah. every day's a dump day. June seventeenth, you guys do it? What happens? Yeah. Oh, I mean everyone just you know, they go out, they get their dunking. I'm pretty sure they do half-off iced coffees yes. on that wow. day. They that's do a couple huge. free munchkins, maybe a donut or two. But that's just 617. I want to celebrate you guys today. Oh, that's very nice. Because I was about to say, wow, making this all about yourself. No, no, no. <laughs> opposite. Hey, from one Rust Belt guy to the other. You know, I, I understand more than most. I don't think Boston's in the Rust Belt. I, I believe, no, actually, no, when no, we no, had no. the Rust Belt photo, it, it was in Massachusetts. No, in, I, don't, I do not. Yep, bring it up. I, I remember this very specifically. Detroit was in the Rust Belt. Ohio. I was in a Rust Belt. Mm-hmm. And then just this little itty-bitty Rust Belt in the north. Yeah. So it was like it off of the belt? Yes. It was off the belt? Yeah. Well, really? that's because everything stemmed from So it's not a belt anymore. It was a territory. Yeah. You guys are like just oh. like a little earring up there? Ain't nothing <laughs> Rust Belt about sailing yachts, okay? Yeah, you're, hey, look, you're in your boat crew. <laughs> hey, okay. look, look, look. Massachusetts as a state is Rust Belt. Sure. Boston. I got to live a nice little... 
Little life, childhood, growing up, sue me. What do you want? What do you want from me? You want me to change my childhood? Pick different parents? I can't. Okay, Don't look sorry, at me. man. I'm at the yacht club. Jesus, you know. You know? <laughs> but also, you can't just claim then that the Rust Belt. You know, Rust Belt's in Massachusetts. Hey, sorry. We're part of it. <laughs> You're apologizing yeah. for a lot now. That, well, that's just because I, I don't want to, you know, take away from your guys' right, day. Let's I'm talk just about saying. some stuff happening. I, I don't. Boom. Boom. Thank you, Rust Belt, Massachusetts. What? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I don't know New England well enough. See that green right there? The Rust Belt is not green, though. It's literally the brown. Like Re- the color revitalized Rust Belt area. Boom. Boston, Massachusetts. Basically <laughs> everything in Massachusetts. What is that? You see where there's no revitalized? green? Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck is that? that we brought it back. Pittsburgh's revitalized too. No, no, no. They're no, just, no. They're no, just they're real no, they're red. Yeah, those are cities that after oh. the steel industry boom ended, the cities decided to then go into other industries oh, and survive instead of dying. Oh, survive. No, they needed to bring it to a state that would keep it alive. How about like Ohio? Look at fucking Ohio, by the way. Dead. And this is why whenever you talk about an Ohio guy, you know <laughs> yeah. exactly what you're getting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay? Whenever you meet somebody from Ohio, you know exactly. It's A.J. Hawk, just in a different form. Yeah. Whatever mm-hmm. form, that if that's an uh, extrovert, it's A.J. Hawk is an extrovert. Right. If it is an introvert, uh, it's A.J. Hawk. Mm-hmm. Other than that, that is what Ohio is. They might say less, they might say more, but you know what you're getting with an Ohio person. By the way, nothing but respect. And I think the reason why is because of this graphic. Yeah. yeah. Great fucking here. Imagine how much greater this fucking city would have been if it would have just adopted what every city around it was doing. What are you talking about? I mean, Indianapolis is not in the fucking Rust Belt. Oh, oh yeah. shit. Damn it. Fort Wayne. Of, Does it go around it? Yeah, it's a bunch it, of It bullshit, does appear dude. as if it goes above it and then cuts down. <laughs> Nah, so what happens? Somebody who's real tough walked around town to town and said yes or no. Yeah, yeah, I think so. They're like, ah, seems like there used to be. Uh, mm-hmm. Seems like this it really used to be crazy. tough. <laughs> kind of revitalized though. So it's a revitalized Rust Belt area. There's also not enough Italians in India to be Rust Belt. Yeah, I think that isn't it. You probably track the Italians too through mm-hmm. this. Real tough break for that small part of Ohio at the southern tip there. Did not make it. Yeah, they're absolute bitches down there. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not positive, but that's just what I've heard. Think about the person uh, that was declaring if it was a Rust Belt area or not, going all the way down there, and then as soon as he walked into like that county, he was like, nah. Nah, nah, nah. nah, 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 nah I'm sorry, so. They don't get it. Ah, what a life. Happy 412. Happy 412 there. By the way, John Deere did have a contract with Pittsburgh Steel. There you go. You're welcome. Hey, Iowa, you're welcome. (laughs) You're welcome, Iowa. I'm happy we could be a part of that. Look at us working together. Look at us working together for a long while. America. You guys get all the glitz and glamour. We'll do all the hard work behind it. You know oh, what I mean? You guys put your paint on it. Don't do, let the do fucking farmer, Don't let the farmers hear you say that. No, 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 don't no. Be no. up in arms. No, 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 yeah. no, not the farmers. We're talking about John Deere itself, okay. the company. All right. The farmers, by the way. I feel like that's a whole different, right? I feel like the Rust Belt and then the farmers. What is that? Agriculture? Yeah. yeah. Like oh, grain yeah. belt. Grain belt. Yeah. yeah. I have more farmer friends than people would expect. Yeah. And more than I would expect, <laughs> to be honest. I've learned a lot about it. What a fucking attention to detail gig that has. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You just have to be like the most consistent person of all time. Good mm-hmm. people. You, yeah, but you have to be so consistent. Like every, oh, this yeah. is what you got to do. Day. This is what you got to do next. This is what you got to do next. Russell Wilson, big farmer. Boom. He, he, has, the, he has the farmer mentality. The whole, because the time's a year and then the weather, you're yes. fucking playing oh, games. Yeah. Let alone if you have... Like I have some friends that have some, uh, you know, some chickens, some some mm-hmm. livestock, right, things like right, that. Right. 
having to be a, a vet too at certain different oh, times yeah. while you do that whole thing. So I assume the agricultural. What do uh, farmers do in the winter? Farm, uh, yeah, farm, yeah, cows are still around mm-hmm. and animals are still around. Yep. Huh. First still vacation doing, time. Take care of them. I don't know if they take you know. vacation. No. Honestly, they're so wealthy too, those motherfuckers, and they oh, hate yeah. it. I think they hate like doing oh, yeah. anything that you would spend your money on for people to enjoy. Yeah, very frugal. And also, like, you know, when you're waking up at like the crack of dawn every single day, like, I don't think you ever really Mr. get Cole. out of that. You know, like, it's, they're, yeah, they're not taking vacations. So I'd like to let everybody know, not as the voice of the Rust Belt Police. Okay, although I do got calluses on my hands. Mm-hmm. And, and a pinky I, ring. And I do have a pinky ring, so I'm a bit Italian. And I can float gears if I had to sure, and all sure. that stuff. We have nothing but the utmost respect for the agricultural sure. community. Absolutely. The people we were shitting on directly was the people at John Deere who just took our metal and fucking spray painted a little bit and did their thing to the thing. Yikes. You know what I mean? That's <laughs> who I'm Good business, man. Hey, by the way, shout out to John Deere, by the way, getting the best deal in town. Thank yeah. you, John right. Deere. Not well situated in regard to transportation and resources. Deer sold his interest in the shop in, to Andrus in 1847 and moved to Maline, Illinois. There he began using Maline. imported English steel with great success and soon negotiated with Pittsburgh manufacturers for the development of comparable steel plate. Mm-hmm. By 1857, Deer's annual output of plows had risen to 10,000. Hell yeah. That's where it went down. Look at that. Whenever, you know, Pittsburgh came together with John yeah. Deere, everything started working out better for him. Well, yeah. I mean, he was getting steel from the queen and said, fuck this. I'm, I'm done with this bullshit. Let's go to Pittsburgh and look where we're at now. Two Imagine great the, families. Yeah, that's what I'm America. saying. Negotiating with, with Pittsburgh and the queen. Two great families? No, Deere and Pittsburgh. Oh, Deere and mm. Pittsburgh. Got it. Imagine negotiations with the queen went much differently than the Pittsburgh steel folks. Yeah. Yeah. How much are you going to give us? Fuck, yeah, we'll take that. Pittsburgh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how, much, how many plows are you guys selling? Yeah, all right, cool. We just want a percentage on every one of those, yeah. too. And let's keep it moving. Shout out to 412. Shout, Shout out. out. We got Sean Sharania joining us in four minutes. Thought we'd be able to extend that conversation for a full 20. Because to be honest, in the football world, the world that we know a lot mm-hmm. about, there ain't really jack shit to talk about. <clears throat> no. Carson Wentz, I guess nobody else is bidding for his services. And that is coming from one source that told one person on mm-hmm. NBC Sports Edge, I believe. Nobody bid against Washington for Carson Wentz. More quotes were found in the article. Uh, we kind of scoured through it a little bit. The one executive said, if you were to ask people for Taylor Heineke's salary and Heineke, and two more third round picks or Carson Wentz in $30 million and the, a lot of people around the NFL would have said give us Heineke another executive I guess said we would have much rather had Baker Mayfield's salary and whatever less picks we would have had to give up than Carson Wentz now I am not saying that because I am a person that had to watch Carson Wentz play last year and talked about how you know it's probably the right time for us both to move on I am only speaking about this because it does seem to be a bit notable that the commanders probably got fleeced a little bit here yeah so if nobody else was really bidding for Carson Wentz they took on the entire salary and mm-hmm. gave up some picks that's a fascinating thing good for Chris Ballard working that entire angle but also Carson Wentz hears this and knows all right here's another chip on his shoulder and maybe just maybe Carson understands after this entire village or, or voyage I'm sorry the village that you're putting on sure. Boston Red Sox over Detroit Tigers today, uh-huh. and this entire voyage through Carson Wentz's life Maybe he has got to the point where it's like, all right, I got to play like smarter football Uh because this is my actual last shot. And now I'm reading and hearing allegedly, we don't know what executives are talking to executives. By the way, you can get five executives that maybe don't talk to the other fucking 27 teams that 
can speak out of line or out of pocket. But Carson, hopefully, this is like a reminder, like, hey, this is probably your last opportunity to do a damn thing, Carson. Just be a little bit smarter with your football, uh, with the, your body, mm-hmm. um, with the way you go about your business. Right. And let's not sprain both ankles on one fucking play while also trying to throw an interception. Okay, we're trying to win a fucking Super Bowl. So maybe his great points will become much more consistent than those scary ones after reading and hearing even more about the bullshit being said about him. Yeah, I mean, if I was a Colts fan, I'd be jacked up because it does kind of seem <laughs> like they 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 had to do whatever they needed yeah. to do to get rid of him, and it, no one no one was going to take him, and they they got a pretty fucking sweet deal for getting rid of Carson. Chris Ballard with that Texas accent. Mm-hmm. Hey, listen, boys, we got a couple other people on the line. You know, if you want to. <laughs> You want to get Carson? You're gonna have to take that whole salary. Mm-hmm. Oh, you don't want to? All right, no big deal. We'll call this other team that already gave us this offer. And Chris Ballard just sitting there, like, please God, take the bait. <laughs> yeah, please God. And then bang, it happens. He had to be so elated, so excited. Oh, yeah. And Jim Irsay, after everything he said, it feels like he's pretty excited as well. It's not because they don't like Carson Wentz as a person. We don't know if that's the case, but we just know that the Indianapolis Colts organization has a high expectation for the quarterback position. And that is because the Colts have been blessed with incredible quarterbacks for a very long time. Every team is looking for a quarterback in the NFL since the history of the NFL. This is the home of Unitas Manning. You're talking about two of the greats of all time. Jim Irsay watched firsthand, like grew up in the locker room when Unitas was playing. Then he was the GM. Then he's the owner who inevitably gets Bill Paul and drafts Peyton Manning and watch your front row seat for that. So Jim Irsay has a super high expectation on how you operate as an NFL quarterback. And after watching Carson Wentz for one year, it sure did seem like uh, Jim Irsay was like, I'm not doing this again, brother. Yeah, I am not doing this. is not what we want. Maybe it'll work for the commanders, though. Yeah, but it's kind of crazy like the ripple effect it might have. Like if Terry McLaurin goes out and Carson absolutely stinks, like is he going to re-sign so he can continue to play with Carson Wentz? And even worse, like if Carson doesn't play well and they like cut his ass or something because I think he has an opt out after next season. Like, is Terry going to want to come back and play with a rookie quarterback, where he, or he could go somewhere else, pick where he wants to play? Like, hey, flip side, flip side, yeah. What if Carson balls, dude? True. Yeah. What if he takes he could. command? Yeah. He could. What if he takes command? He could take command. What if Scary Terry becomes his guy? He and Carson just high fiving each other in their uh, mustard colored sport coats, of course, just living their best life. Um. So. Like the whole article was talking about, would you have Carson or whatever for the twenty-eight million or Heineke for the two million? I think that was like the sentiment that we talked about originally when as soon as it happened in this office. And I didn't even think about Baylor or Baker, sorry, for the sixteen or eighteen million or whatever. And then it's still having the ten million and then potentially some draft picks. But I mean, if Carson doesn't work out this year, then Carson's probably not complaining at NFL again. Well, there's a lot of other leagues he can prove himself. Oh, of yeah. course. But Carson's getting a real opportunity here, getting paid a lot of money. And I hope this is the moment that Carson looks in the mirror. And this is just like with the Bengals fans. The Bengals fans that were attacking me for talking about not having an indoor practice facility. Like, hey, I'm trying to fucking help you out. All right. Mm-hmm. This is not this is not a knock on the fans. The fans are loyal, passionate, they pay their tickets. They had a lot of years there where it wasn't great, had some teams, never went on a run. But I'm like talking for them whenever I say like, hey, 
the indoor pre- it's 2022 like mm-hmm. fucking let's go the guys should be yeah. able to get extra work in the middle of a blizzard if they want to go get extra work in if your team wants to work more and get better they should be able to do that i'm not saying you shouldn't practice outside okay you have to practice outside in the nfl to get better but there is you know numerous times where me and a lot of other people in the off season and off hours are in that indoor practice facility in indiana we get like 35 mile an hour winds so it's like can i work on fucking anything in 35 mile an hour winds in my profession i could working on punting in 35 mile an hour conditions but that might only be one game out of the 17 there might be some technical shit i want to get some work in okay i'm going to go in the indoor practice facility let's say it's raining heavily rain which it does happen in cincinnati and indianapolis like if a wide receiver wants to go run some extra routes and work on some stuff he should be able to go somewhere and fucking do that it's the nfl it's the top of the league so every time i was talking about that i feel like i was sticking up for the fans even though some of the fans were attacking me for Mm -hmm. saying this Mm -hmm. now they're getting an indoor practice facility shout out to the Bengals. congrats to the fans congrats to the Bengals. congrats everything whenever we talk about carson and i say like hey he's so great He's so great whenever he's playing good. He just has those moments where he's terrible. Like, I'm not burying Carson. Mm -hmm. I hope this is something that Carson sees. Like, hey, I think I'm speaking for a lot of people whenever I say this. Like, he has the chance to be great. But goddamn, Carson Wentz is going to Wentz in the middle of a game when you don't expect it. And that's tough, I'd assume, for some people to fully commit and trust. And I think that's what happened with uh, Indianapolis Colts. Well, and that's the thing about the football team or the commanders. It's like... The whoa, Col- whoa, whoa, whoa. Excuse football me, excuse team. me. The Colts are, like, as a football team, are stacked. Like, it's not as if he's going to a better offensive line or a better running back or a better defense. Like, that's why I think the, you know, perspective on it's like, hey, this might be an absolute train wreck. Now, with that being said, if he goes on and kills it, Jim Irsay probably looks like an idiot. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, Jim Irsay had to cut Peyton Manning because Andrew Luck was sitting there and Peyton Manning broke a bunch of records and won a couple Super Bowls. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, Jim irsay has been there before. But I hope Carson works out for the Commanders. I'm excited to see how Matt Ryan goes here. But but that was fascinating to hear that people thought that there was zero other market for him because what does that mean for every other quarterback that's allegedly being talked about right now? Hmm. hmm. We shall see. Let's pivot to tonight. Big time. Here we oh, go. Yeah. Big time to be an NBA person mm-hmm. because the most exciting NBA games of all time take place and start tonight. Play-in games to get yeah. into yeah. the tourney. <laughs> Although we will have another uh, season of T4 talking about the NBA playoffs yeah. in yes. that particular tournament. Joining us now is our inside man. From the stadium and the athletic on Thursday, he'll be going live right in the middle of our show on Stadium's Twitter. Okay. But it'll be an incredible show because he's a part of it. Ladies and gentlemen, Sham Sharanya. Hey, hey you look cool today. No, it's great seeing you, Pat. I haven't seen you since since Wrestle since before the WrestleMania. How did how did it go? What was that like? I saw you killed it. You were you were, you were doing your thing. Hey, I was sore. I was hungover. Uh, it was awesome though. Everybody was incredibly nice to me, other than. Vince McMahon punted a football through my rib cage. Yeah. I mean, hit the point of the football right into my ribs. I, I thought I was going to have a fractured couple of them. Thought I was going to have to wrap it. Mm-hmm. Found out, just lost my air. Just, okay. Yeah, you know, I couldn't breathe. So that's why he pinned me. And then obviously I was drinking beers with Steve, Sean. Right. And that was a blast. And as a kid, I knew everybody he drank beers with basically ended the same way. <laughs> but I thought maybe it could be different. You know, we're in a new era, new time. You know, cheers. I, oh, wham! I get stunned into oblivion. But it was a blast. It was a blast. Everything was great. Thanks for asking. How are you doing? This is now time that I, NBA matters. I'm good. This is good. I'm good. Playing tournaments tonight. You got Nets, Cavs, Minnesota Clippers. So playing tournament, I mean, the league i think they won overall last year you had lebron steph curry in the playing tournament this year you have kevin durant kyrie irving Lamelo ball in the western conference paul george um 
I, I don't expect Zion to be a part of this. I know you guys are big Zion Williamson. This is the Zion Williamson show right here. So, um, <laughs> unfortunately, I, I don't expect him to be a part of this. But overall, I think there are – I think it's going to be an amazing week for, for these playing games. For okay, sure. so there's uh, two games tonight, two games tomorrow, then the day off. Then there's two games on Friday. Everything's happening. Excited for the NBA. Let's talk about tonight in the stars. There's a report coming out now that Kevin Durant allegedly, whenever James Harden showed up at training camp out of shape, uh, was perturbed by that or something. And that's when this entire disagreement between James Harden and the Nets happened. That led, obviously, to the Ben Simmons trade to the Nets, which you were on top of before anybody else. Uh, is this all bullshit right now? Why are these stories coming out now? Is it because James Harden and the Sixers seem not to be working out and Doc Rivers might be going to the Lakers, so they're trying to kind of build on that story and blow it up? Or how do you feel about all this that's coming out right now, day of playing games? Yeah, I, I've, to be honest, I didn't even see it. Uh, so I gotta after I'm done here, I got I to gotta go check that out. But I, I think there were a few factors that led to James Harden being out. Right? I think we, we discussed it several times. I think the, the 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 crux of it was one James himself did not want to be in Brooklyn long term right so that was one and two just the way that the season unfolded the way that the offense and James Harden has always played in a system where the ball was in his hands he was able to do whatever really he wanted and I think the the flow of the Nets offense was different when he was in the game and he was in the lineup versus when he was off the floor and I know for the coaching staff there was always frustration because they had two different game plans one when James Harden was in the lineup. Uh, and, and on the floor, and one when he's not. Uh, and it's always difficult for any player, uh, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, to deal with that. Um, hey, but, quick, uh, quick, we, quick, quick, quick there. Did they just assume he was going to be able to change his style of play for that? And did they both both parties think that it was going to work out, and then it just wasn't, and they just had to stare that down? Yeah, I mean, I, I think overall that, that when James got there, I think everyone kind of assumed that it might be easy, right? Like James Harden. It, it's it's clear that he's wanted to go get a championship, right? And I'm not going to call him a ring chaser with what he's doing, right? Because I think his his goal is to try to win. Uh, but when you force your way out of Houston, you go to Brooklyn, that situation isn't working out. And I think what Kevin Durant said recently, guys, I think that was notable, was like the, the season for the Nets really changed when he got hurt. Because if he's in the lineup uh, in January, uh, I don't think the James Harden trade happens. I think because the Nets are playing a lot better. And when you're winning and you're doing well on the court, it's a different game, right? Winning cures everything. And I think that, unfortunately, when Kevin Durant got hurt, they started losing. And by the time, you know, James Harden, uh, you know, has that four-point game in Sacramento where a lot of the players on that Nets team felt that James Harden had quit on them. And when, you have, when you're dealing with a guy that you feel quit on you and then he misses two more games, the writing was on the wall. He was out of there. Um, and, and listen, I don't think he came into camp the best of shape uh, from from the people in Brooklyn uh, perspective. But I, I, I don't look at that as, as, as the primary reason. Okay, James Harden, obviously, we're big fans of uh, because of how he just kind of operates as a human. He's his own, and we're always big fans of that. But Kevin Durant's a fucking dog. I mean, that yeah, is he's a monster. Kevin he's a monster. Durant is he, he, a dog. He's, he's on another level right now. Yeah, he's, he's the guy. So he's balling right now. Kyrie's playing well. Ben Simmons is coming back. They're, gonna, they're about to go on a fucking run right now, huh? Ben Simmons is, and, and that's going to be the game changer, right? If you're able to get Ben Simmons back in your lineup, uh, and, and he is, I'm told, very, very confident that he'll be able to make a return at some point in this first-round series. And I think games one and two of the Boston series, if the Nets win tonight, they play Boston this weekend. Hell yeah. I think games one and two in Boston is too quick. 
But I definitely think after that is when the window for Ben Simmons to return starts opening mm. up. And even if he's able to give them 15 minutes or 20 minutes, uh, Pat, that's a game changer because that's a guy that automatically yeah, you can put on the other team's maybe. best player. He can he can move the ball. He can rebound. A lot can happen. So that is a potential game changer if Ben Simmons returns. So, I'm told he's Shams, very, very confident he'll be back. Shams, they, they weren't just taking his time to teach him how to shoot. This is actually. I mean, listen. You know what? I, I was actually thinking about that the other day when I'm watching these videos. Almost everything that that is posted online is just him shooting jumpers. And so I assume, you know, the, I, I think the Nets over the weekend posted a video of him coming off a curl yes. and shooting a three pointer, and Splash. he made it. And I'm like, listen, if he's really spending this much time just shooting, you would assume, you know, he might come back and take some jumpers. Yeah, but how is he not able to play? But we see him doing. Is this that whole ramp up thing that you're talking about? Because every video I see. He's shooting. It's going in. It looks like he's going through a workout. There seems to be sweat, so it's not his first shot, I don't think, if you break it down as a high person watching a video. So what says, like, he can't play uh, tonight, game one or game two? It's just because it feels like the tightness is is loosening, so they're predicting, like, one more week it'll be much better, but he's still working out. I don't think I understand how the NBA operates because, like, Zion <laughs> is throwing same the ball thing. Yeah, off I'm the backboard. Same thing. So, so, yeah. so let, let's break them both down. So Ben Simmons... I think when he went through his last process, you know, standstill shooting, one-on-Os, and then as they tried to ramp him up, he could really only get to the one-on-O stage. And after that, he had a flare-up in his back. So this time it'll kind of kind of be similar where they're going to ramp him up in time versus standstill shooting. And now this week I'm told is when he's going to start ramping up and doing more, you know, whether that's sprinting and running and, and, and starting eventually, whether it's this weekend or next week, to take contact and once he gets past the contact stage whether that's next week as long as there's no setbacks he should be ready to go um and so at that point again we're projecting out here one and a half weeks or so for him to get past that stage as far as contact i don't think they're going to really require him you know to go full-blown like a month of five on fives they just they just don't have the time in the case of zion he went through the normal progression that the pelicans had right one-on-one two-on-two three-on-three Four on four, five on five. He went through well up until four on four last uh, last year, essentially in December. And I remember I came on the show. I said he's going to do five on five. He felt soreness, and so this year, this time around, they're doing the same thing. And I have some news for you guys. Zion Williamson did participate in a five on five full court scrimmage last week. Let's uh, go. Here we go. From from what I've been told, but it's still important for him to keep getting those five on five reps in. Conditioning is important. Just and just this tight yeah. window, after not playing all season, um, I, I I don't expect. What do you do? He put up. Wimson what do you have? A triple double? He had a triple double in that five on five full court scrimmage. Uh, I I don't have the stats, but from what I was told, he 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 did look. He he, he looked good. But listen, playing Put him in a fucking game. a fucking game. Playing five on five against back end roster players, assistant coaches, like Willie Green said the other day, he did a controlled scrimmage. Uh, that's different than playing against NBA players and taking contact and, and doing the whole nine. So He's I, listen, I think He's with a guy like Zion, when you know that he dealt with a fractured foot, that he should have been back from. He guys, he should have played opening we, night. We that, know, that was the goal. Um, unfortunately, he had some setbacks, and so I think that they don't want that to happen again. They want to make sure when Zion Williamson comes back, he stays on the floor. All right, I get it. That's a very mature look yeah. into things. Yeah. You guess. But if he's running five on five and he's yeah. going through the leg dunks, and he's got those two 
Um, well, I, the, the way I, I break down the Russell Westbrook situation is that it, it was just unfortunate because I think from the jump, the fit just was not there. Um, you could tell just on the court, him, LeBron, Anthony Davis just did not jive well. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I think as people, Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis like uh, Russell Westbrook. Um, and I, I don't know the extent to him and Frank Vogel and how much they got into it. Clearly, there was some level of friction with that coaching staff and Russell Westbrook. Um, you know, I, I reported yesterday in the story I did on the Lakers, there was a moment even in, in an early season film session where David Fisdale, their lead assistant, uh, had a back and forth with Russell Westbrook about his shot selection. And that was a moment that created an animated back and forth between those two. And wow. so just, just, just that, that level of, of tension, I think, existed all year. You know, Russell Westbrook, everywhere he's been, Washington, Houston, what? to an extent, what? OKC, what? it's kind what? of been free reign. In L.A., it's like, all right, let's get Anthony Davis involved. Let's get LeBron James involved. Let's get the ball in their hands. And it clearly we saw it just did not go well. So I think what the Lakers are learning now is you got to build a team. And I think we need to remember they are still only 18 months removed from winning a championship. They still have LeBron James, Anthony Davis on this team. I, I wrote this yesterday. All 29 other teams in the league would love to have Anthony Davis and LeBron James on their team to start uh, a franchise, right? Now it's on the Lakers. It's on Rob Palenka. It's on that front office. It's on everyone there to make sure that they get the team right. They clearly this year did not get the team right. He looks like Rob Lowe, right? That's that guy? Oh, yeah. yeah. Handsome dude. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. handsome. handsome older man. He's got a lot of pressure on him, though. He's yeah. aging like a president over the last yeah. couple oh, yeah. months. 18 months removed from a championship. Now you're not even making the playoffs. What the fuck? Yikes. Is that the biggest collapse of all time? Close. I'm watching his show. It, it, was, it, it was a disappointing season, for sure, but at the end of the day, they have this summer. To me, I, I want to see what they do. I want to see what moves they make. I want to see LeBron James, Anthony Davis get healthy. That's going to be very important because Anthony Davis had two freak injuries, right? He In Minnesota, uh, he had a player run into his knee. That, that, that sidelined him for about a month. And then after that, he had the midfoot sprain that he came down on someone's ankle. That sidelined him for over a month. Like those are freak injuries, and I think Anthony Davis does get a bad rap for being injury prone. Yeah. Uh, but those were freak injuries, and so you hope that those don't happen. LeBron's got to get healthy. He's got a decision to make too. He's got a two hundred uh, two year one hundred million dollar extension that he could sign in August. We'll see what ends up happening with that. Um, but overall, this Lakers team, this is a big off season for them to actually get back to their roots of building a team. And if you look at two of the, of the last three years, they've actually went out and built a team. Uh, the year they, they won the championship, they had a good team. I thought even last season they had a good team. They were up 2-1 against Phoenix. And then Anthony Davis uh, pops his groin, and then they oh, lose to, in that series uh, against the Suns. They were up 2-1. Two, two they were going to go up 3-1. Who knows? They would have went to the finals that year. And so 
a lot of what uh, what ifs uh, for sure. But I think Frank Vogel wanted out of there. Yeah, Frank Vogel wanted out of there. Give me the fuck out of here. You think Frank Vogel <laughs> felt that way or no? I think Frank Vogel by I think mid season Frank Vogel saw the writing was on the wall that he would not be back this season, right. um, and now they're gonna have to go to the drawing board. I this mean, guy can't I, shoot a basketball. I, 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 I think I think it'll be a slow process, but Pat. Uh, two names that I would keep an eye on. Um, you know, one Nick Nurse in Toronto. He's Whoa. the head coach there. Won Coach of the Year a couple of years ago. Won a championship there in 2019. I think that's the exact, exact strong personality guy that can get everything out of his team. Uh, that's a guy that the Lakers would want. Another name, Utah, the Utah Jazz coach Quinn Snyder. Now again, both of those guys, we're gonna have to wait and see. Will they be able to get out of their contracts? What happens in the playoffs? Uh, that'll play out. Hey, Dr. Jerry Buss would get them out of their contracts like that. That's mm-hmm. right. I'm watching that HBO special right now on that whole operation. Doc Buss was a fucking wild man. Oh yeah. Care. That guy, one of the one of the one of the biggest outlaws in the history of maybe society. That yep. Guy. Had no idea. Are you watching that? It's awesome. I have seen some episodes. Um I think that the portrayal of, of uh Dr. Buss makes him look uh like a boss, uh, mm-hmm. to put to, to uh, put it in simple terms, he, he, see, he looks pretty badass oh. for sure. Hey, there is a lot of boning in there. Oh, yeah, yeah. they're doing a lot of sexing. Yeah, yeah, a lot of sex back yeah. In there. yeah, that's showtime, baby. Yeah, but it is, it's a good time. I mean, it's oh, yeah. a good Great show. show. Great show. Yeah. yeah, Jerry West, that guy was fucking fiery. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, I didn't know he was so fiery. <laughs> Screaming no very fire. They're getting after it. Um, but he would have been able to get those coaches out of Canada and out of their contract. Let's see what uh, Rob Lowe can do. Yeah. Go ahead, Ty. Shams, outside of the Nets, are there any of these teams playing in the play-in that have a realistic shot of actually doing something in the playoffs? I know Jakob Hurdle has been blazing yes. hot for the, uh, the Spurs lately. So any of those teams actually have a chance moving forward? Um, I, I think the one team besides the Nets that can make some real noise in the playoffs, I don't know about finals or conference finals, but the Clippers. Oh, yeah. With Paul Ooh. George back in the lineup, and we'll see what happens with Kawhi Leonard. They still have not ruled him out this year. What? You know, Could he come back if they get by round one? And that Clippers team right now, to me, with Paul George back, I think they're a real threat to be either – uh, I think they're a real threat. I don't know if they can beat Phoenix. Phoenix is just a machine mm. right now. But we'll see. We'll see what happens with Memphis. If they is play LA Memphis a Clippers in that 2-7 now? matchup. Do the Clippers um, own the crypt? Nah, is that what's show. going on? Do the, do the, does L.A. Mm-hmm. love the Clippers now? Yeah. Uh, I think so. They got that I, new arena. I don't know if they love them, but Whoa. I think Clipped that they got the phone. best shot. If Paul George doesn't get hurt, that team is anywhere from the, the three seed to the six seed, in my opinion. Wow. So that, that – Kawhi to Leonard me, that, that's basketball? the team to watch. He's hurt. He's sure. been hurt yeah. all year. He tore his knee up last year. Kawhi Leonard playing or no? <laughs> Listen, as of right now, I, I think they're operating. They're going into the playoffs that he's he's not going to be playing. But, again, they have not ruled him out. I, with Kawhi Leonard, I wouldn't put it past them. If they got by Ron one, if they got to the conference finals, could he come back? I think that's really just going to be about him and how he rehabs through that ACL. But, listen, with these ACLs, you, usually, Pat, you know, it takes about a year for you to get back out there in 100%. Not anymore. Um, Not anymore. Jamal Murray in Denver, another guy who's coming off a torn ACL last April. Um, but from everything I've been told, it is not likely that he'll be able to play this postseason. How about the Bucs? I've seen that they beat the Pistons by 40 on Friday night. How do we feel about their chances going through the playoffs? Good on the Pistons, by the way, showing up. Thank you. I mean, they, they, to me, they, they've got a, as good a chance as any. I, I think Milwaukee for sure can go and repeat this year. They're going to be the three seed. They're going to play Chicago. Um, I, I don't think that that series will go 
uh, too long. Uh, oh, wow. Right now, beat up. No Lonzo Ball. That's going to be a tough one for the Bulls not to be uh, playing with him. Uh, if they had Lonzo Ball, I think this series would have been really, really competitive. Is Benny the Bull going to be there or oh, not? he's going to be there. Well, that's a whole yeah, other problem. There. Come on. Come on, Pat. You know he'll be there. Yeah, Benny the Bull. Is it, this is the new Benny the Bull. Though, right? yeah. With the popcorn. Yeah, oh, yeah. Because popcorn. old Benny the Bull got in a little yeah, got bit in trouble. Yeah. Oh, Ben, the original Benny the Bull. Kind of a snitch. Um, but no, I, I think I think Milwaukee has as good of a chance as, as any team, for sure. Guy Tom, Shams. I'm reading here that it was reported by uh, athletic, the athletic reporter Shams Sharanya. Uh, Jared Allen isn't going to play tonight because of a, a finger. I mean, is are, is this not the tournament? Is this not the playoffs? What are we doing? A finger can't tape those things together on his left hand. Jesus. The loser goes home. He's been he he's been he's been trying. He's been trying to he you know he had, he's had splints. He's had smaller splints. He's 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 had tape. Uh, he has a fractured finger on that left hand, and from what I'm told, that discomfort is just it's it's gone all over his hand. Jeez. Right. So the anytime you have playoffs, there can be discomfort in the hand. And so, listen, Jared Allen. I'm not going to take any shots at Jared Allen. I think he wants to play. Unfortunately, he's he's not going to be able to get out there. Tonight. Which finger? Do we know which finger it is? Do you know which finger it is? Uh, I, I, it's not. I don't. I don't believe it's the middle finger. Third metatarsal. It's not the pinky. Or the, the ring finger. I'd have to it's go. It's, it's not. I, I believe but it's the don't ring finger. Don't give a fuck. I'd, I'd have to double check. I'd have to double check. <laughs> Sorry, we just got into an M M&M and M bar there. <laughs> hey, uh, we appreciate you, Shams. Thank you for stopping by. I know the show on Thursday is going to be a big deal. Two o'clock at Stadium Twitter. Where you guys are just breaking down the entire tournament, or what? We're going to break down the entire playoffs. We're going to have news on everything, on every player, seeing when guys come back in the lineup. You know, any news that could impact these playoff series, we're going to have that for sure. Okay, well, we'll have somebody watching that. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Because we'll, we'll be live, and our show will be very dead. So we will just probably be skimming directly <laughs> off of your show. We appreciate you. Ladies and gentlemen, Sean Sharanya. Yeah! But there is only a few things that one man can talk about, and everybody will have respect for it. That man is a college football national champion. He's a Super Bowl champion. He's a Ryder Cup champion. He is the Ohio State Buckeye. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, COVID survivor, A.J. Hawk. Yeah! A.J., what's going on in Philadelphia? What the fuck is going on in Philadelphia? <laughs> I, I just heard that while I was waiting for you. Did that just come down this morning? I believe yesterday. Yes, it yes, came yeah. up, popped up. So or all, anything indoors, you, the mask mm-hmm. mandate? Yeah, I thought we were done with this. What's the deal? What do they know that we don't know, A.J.? Do they know something that we don't know? And if it is, what do we need to know going forward? Is it maybe a late April Fool's thing, hopefully? Uh, I don't think so. Like Philadelphia, city of brotherly love. Hey, hey gotcha. Uh, we we, meant, to do us, we meant to do this on April 1, but you know how bureaucracy goes. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had to get this passed. It was a little bit later, maybe. I don't know. I mean, do they have to wear fucking masks at the baseball games now, too? Outdoors? Are we doing that as well? Well, that was something for the New York because old Aaron Judge. And That's right. Well, players, fans, are we going to see you know 50,000? Masks in there at the Phillies game this weekend. In the dugout, too. They better be because that is. Oh, what yeah. about the arena? Are they still playing basketball? Yeah, yeah. Sixers have home court advantage. Too. Every person in there, right? Court advantage? Every person mm-hmm. in there not going to be able to hear them. They're all yeah. masked up. Yeah. yeah. It's weird that it's such a panic, but it doesn't start until Monday. What? 
the mask mandate. Like they announced it this week, but it doesn't start till Monday. It's just weird that it's such a panic, but it's still. Oh, got so they go outside and spin everybody's yeah. mouth mm-hmm. Monday. Maybe. We'll start fresh Monday. The, the, the war ratings might have gone down. So whoa, like, whoa, whoa, hey, whoa, 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 if the Sixers have a full crowd wearing masks as the only city that has to have it, I do believe that is a disadvantage for the Sixers. It is. And if James Harden loses, they're going to attack him. But maybe it's crowd not being able to show their mean faces to the opponents. They got that mask on, you know what I mean? Everybody's just going to picture them with smiley faces underneath. Oh, this is a welcoming place. And Philly's like, you know what I mean? That's how we... That's what maybe we're, they give. Can they give everybody a mask? Maybe with a like a, a different mean faces drawn on the front of it. See, now we're thinking. Do they have enough time? I mean, that's why it was probably pushed till Monday. Yeah, uh, got to get the mask. Think about it for the Sixers game that is mean enough for the visiting team because we would still like to have some home court advantage. Ben good, Franklin, who are they playing? There's a good chance those guys forfeit. Nah, fuck it. I ain't, we ain't playing tonight. If you, unless they take our these masks off. We're not. We're not playing because they're scared of all the the masks, or because they just don't. They, they just won't stand for it. Well, we'll do we'll the go players? Do the players have to wear the mask in the arena? Well, Probably. If it was anybody but Toronto, they were playing. There might be yeah. a chance of that. Yeah. You probably have to wear it if you're not in, right? Like, do coaches have to wear it? Going to I would assume so. I mean, bubble. They, they fucking Private something's going on, dude. Something's going on. What do they know? Maybe, maybe live events have some kind of different exemption, though. Bro, are they smarter than everybody? Like, I, that's the thing that I don't fully understand. Like, are, are, do they know more than we do? They care about people more than everybody else does. What? What? What is? What are they? I'm sure they would say what they're having like an outbreak or there's a high number of positive tests. Is that what they're saying? I mean, look, I mean yeah. What's their vax percentage? Have something to do with the Liberty Bell? <laughs> something with Liberty Bell. It's cracked. Maybe COVID attacked the crack. Uh, it's because they're saying uh, the <laughs> cases are rising. I don't. Yeah. Whatever, dude. God fucking damn it. I'm not coming to Pittsburgh it. next. Whoa. Well, it won't. Hopefully not. Pittsburgh just got rid of plastic bags, I guess. Really? really? Yeah. Progressive. Yeah. Look, taking care. What of do you mean? Well. Only a lot of you steal ones. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> you know, Nick just sent me a uh, an actual news thing. There's no more plastic bags allowed in Pittsburgh grocery stores. Yeah, it's gonna be heavy, but uh, we do feel it'll be better for the environment. Uh, Thank you. Steel. Thank you, we'll John Eagle. Thank you, Eagle. Help right. the asbestos in the air. Let's move along. I don't like that mask thing, though. That scares the shit out of me. Yeah, I mean, they're still on airplanes. Like, wasn't that supposed to come down soon? So Next week. 17th Yeah. Okay. Next week. No That's more good. masks on airplanes. It's 412 day. They wanted one last 412 day. Yeah. Everybody masked up on a plane. Mm-hmm. One last. And they did it. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Is this a real thing? Is this 412 day like a national thing that I don't know I mean, about? I don't know national? national? I don't know why it would be a national I mean, thing. everybody knows. I'm saying, is it something that we all... Like we all observe, yeah, of course. Not, it was four one two day. We have to give Pittsburgh their props. Hey, yeah. by the way, we would appreciate that if that was the case. But we are a, you know, our tribe of people, of Pittsburgh, are cool with we us are. just recognizing it. Yeah. But if you would like to give us love, we're one hundred percent okay with it. Go ahead, let it eat. I think it's great. I've known a lot of Pittsburgh people. I have a lot of Pittsburgh friends before I ever met you and the boys. Uh, but yeah, Pittsburgh's a, a fun, unique spot, and I think it's a special place. So I think you guys should have a day. Boom! Happy four one two day, said AJ. Thank happy you, AJ. Thank you, thank you, AJ. AJ. Can you put a picture of the Rust Belt back up, please? We have to show. AJ Hawk this because we we believe we know why you are the way you are and why you have become the mascot for all of Ohio for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Look at the state of Ohio. 
place. This is the rust belt right here. So some guy walked around and said, this, this place tough enough to be the rust belt. This place tough enough to be the rust belt. This place revitalized, used to be the rust belt. That's the green. Hell I was yeah. up there in the right of Massachusetts. Hell so yeah. The entire state of Ohio, rust belt. Yeah, yeah. This, that whoever was judging literally drove a car or a wagon or whatever mm -hmm. from the top of Ohio all the way down the bottom. It was like this whole fucking place, except for... There's one area down here. Mm -hmm. Soon to be a lot of yups. No calluses on any hands here, nope. AJ. It's going to make you feel good about the state of Ohio right here. Tough. Yeah, it's the first time I have seen this map. I'm not sure who gets to decide what the Rust Belt really is. Lord yeah, Rust Belt. Good for Ohio. Probably Andy Carnegie if I had to take a Good guess. for everybody that's involved. Yeah, good for all of Amen. A little, little plop right there in St. Louis. Is that two E's on Erie? Yeah, that's the... So this map is terrible. Eerie. They spelled it eerie wrong. <laughs> Fucking eerie. eerie. Yeah, so we can't eerie. really take this Is there a different one? Eerie. Hmm. Oh, no. Oh, no. Eerie. Maybe, so this is all horseshit. Maybe at the time of the map it was spelled like It feels that. like this is all bullshit. Can't no. Even, can't no. even spell eerie right, dude. Look at that. Well, it's because you're a Rust Belt guy. What's the green all about on Pittsburgh? I mean, you haven't been there. Oh, Baltimore's got a little. Oh, oh Pittsburgh yeah. also revitalized Rust Belt. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, Look we, at us, guys. Yeah, switched to fucking tech and medicine. We stayed alive. What did you guys do? What did we do? Yeah. I mean, fucking, what didn't we do? Uh, you can just run down the list if you want to. I mean, I know New Hampshire didn't get the Rust Belt because they're live for your die. They probably won't let this guy fucking walk around the state. All right. Let's talk about Ohio a little bit here. The Cincinnati Bengals are in an interesting spot because although they were just in the Super Bowl after winning four games the season beforehand and they got a young quarterback, they're building an indoor facility. Hey, here yeah. we go. Yeah. Here we go. They got a young crew that's ready to go and very marketable. And I think we have all become fans of the Cincinnati Bengals and their fan base. Very, very passionate, very loyal. A lot of drunks and also, you know, good Rust Belt community over there in Cincinnati. <laughs> of course. With that being said, stats say Joe Burrow ain't ever making it back to the fucking Super Bowl, dude. Uh -oh. CBS Sports released this yesterday. Each of the last 16 quarterbacks to lose in their Super Bowl debut have never made it back to the big game. Go ahead and run through the entire list right there. It is not good news for Joe Burrow. And if you do recall during the Super Bowl week, a lot of people were like, you know, I want Matthew Stafford to win. I think Seth Rollins was the first person to say it, but then it kind of became a talking point for everybody. Seth was on Wednesday. You know, I, I want Matthew Stafford to win, you know, because he's He's kind of the older guard. Joe Burrow will win another one. And I remember immediately saying, oh, yeah, fucking easy. Just win another Super Bowl. The Patriots have completely conflicted people's views on how difficult it is to make it to the Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl. Joey Burrow, if he makes it back, which, by the way, I believe he can. I absolutely love Joe Burrow. I think he'll get back and win the goddamn Super Bowl. But it is a tough thing to do, apparently. And uh, that's why... The parody of the NFL is normally talked about so much, even though only a couple different people win on a regular basis. Well, this is maybe something that Joe can use, uh, just adding a little chip to his shoulder. Uh, I feel like if he wants to, to have some, some more stuff that he can use as motivation. But, I mean, I, the thing is, like, obviously none of these guys have any impact on Joe Burrow and what he's doing. But, yeah, the trends say that this is – it's not good to, to get back. Like The odds are not that great. But think about it. It's almost like the Masters when people say, oh, okay, say that we have these stud pros that – maybe play they've won one major but they haven't won the masters and they play it every year and you're like well you're gonna play it for 25 years yeah. you're gonna win one of them man you got to right but then every year can you imagine being that person that week like year after year after not winning it like wow i gotta put together four perfect days to win this thing and i have new new competitors coming up every single year 
that are bigger, better, hit the ball farther. Like it's just it's that hard. In the Masters, not so much as it is in the NFL, but like health reigns in on all of it. Like huge star luck, players. Which luck is involved, but you have so many moving parts of the football team. Like golf, it's you. If you figure yourself out, no, hopefully you know. But I think you're right though with luck though. Like getting lucky at who gets hurt is a Yes. Massive part of an NFL season. You lose, everybody's going to get hurt. But if you lose, you're going to lose a couple guys every single season. But if it's one of your five-star guys, B.A. used to say, hey, this is a five-star. Our five stars got to beat their fucking five stars. Hey, our five stars are going to cancel out their five stars. Y'all other motherfuckers need to win this game, basically, is how B.A. used to actually speak. But it's real. Like, if you lose a couple of your five-star guys, the guys that are eating up a lot of your salary cap, the guys that are the leaders, the guys that are supposed to be doing their thing, that drag drastically affects your team where other people get injuries and it's like a big name but you still got your guys like yeah, that can or if you're or if you're end, all set up and you have dude. think about if you have great luck you're all set up to make a run all this stuff happens and you lose your franchise quarterback and he was a guy dead good luck like they're like okay here we go let's chalk this season up well what if your franchise quarterback retires nine days before season mm, yeah. that would be, be tough hey that'll affect you for the next four years five yeah, years that's right. that'll get you I mean, we're kind of in the middle of research on that whole thing right now. But, yeah, yeah. I hope Joey Burrow debunks it. And nothing that happens in the past has any outcome on what's going to happen today. You pointed that out beautifully. That's why the stats community, although I understand what you're saying, if it's not 100 to 0, I don't want to fucking hear it. Sounds like this one's like 100 to 0. But Joey Burrow has debunked a lot of different myths uh, and theories that could happen, like taking the Cincinnati Bengals to the fucking Super Bowl. He's young, too, though. Isn't he younger than a lot of those guys on the list that went to the Super Bowl and lost? I knew I'd dawn on Goff. Yeah. I mean, well, Goff was young, too. Goff was young. Yeah, Cam as well. Cam was but the guys in the bottom line, well. when did they go? Rich Gannon and what? Jake DeLone went late in his career. Kerry was late. Rich. Stan Humphreys was late. Drew Rest in peace, Steve McNair. He was later, right? Yeah. McNabb was Drew, later. Drew, Drew would have made it back, probably. I mean, Matt Ryan's going to make it back this year, right? Yeah, Matt Ryan's got a good chance to get back. So right. Rex Grossman deserved another shot. Sexy Rex? Yeah. Guy could fucking hawk that pigskin. Yeah. All these guys could throw a ball pretty well. Mm -hmm. Except for Jimmy G. No, I'm joking. No, he did not deserve that. Jimmy, <laughs> G, Jimmy G did not deserve that. I hope Jimmy G gets back to the Super Bowl, by the way, because you remember they had the lead in mm -hmm. that fucking thing. Oh, yeah. They had the lead in mm -hmm. that thing. They were going to win that Super Bowl. They came out of nowhere. Jimmy G was like, this guy never loses. This guy is. Always a winner, always a winner. And then he missed one pass to Ted, I think, right? Uh, Manuel Sanders. Oh, yeah. Manuel Sanders, yeah. Manuel Sanders missed him by like four yards, five yards. And then that offseason, Tom Brady's come here, Jimmy G can't win. It's like, oh, my God. That's when it all kind of started for him. What's going to happen in that situation? I wonder. What are we waiting on? Like, is what does uh, rap sheet or anybody say about Jimmy G? So they're all saying that the shoulder surgery is the reason. So the rehab, everybody's waiting to see how it goes with Jimmy G. But if Jimmy G was... And this, we don't feel this way about Jimmy G. All right, got a lot of respect. What if he throws better after the surgery, like rookie of the year? Yeah, Tommy John True. could potentially happen, you know, and you know the floater would inevitably win it and seal it. But if he was viewed in the same vision as like the top, like Russell and Aaron and them, I don't think the shoulder surgery would matter. But I think because there is a lot of people that wonder still, the shoulder surgery combined with that. And I'm, once again, I'm not saying I wonder. If I get Jimmy G on the team, I'm getting Jimmy G on my team. The motherfucker just wins all the time, it seems like. But I feel like that is something that people are holding back on and not sending everything they could uh, possibly send to the Niners. Although he said they had two twos in his back pocket or something like that, which might have been some gamesmanship from John Lynch. I have no idea what they're waiting on. Don't you think it's possible that if like they, they see the way the draft shakes out for the first however many picks and they want to get back? 
back in the first round since I don't think they have any, and they use Jimmy G to, you know, I I don't know if if they'd be able to get into, like, the top ten using him and future stuff, but maybe, like, a a later round pick, and he ends up going to one of these teams who is kind of in between right now. Remember, Mark Murphy says it's going to get interesting on draft day. Well, is he trading Aaron I'll tell you Jimmy? What, yeah, Ooh. if that son of a bitch trades for Jimmy G, I don't know what I'll do, but <laughs> I wouldn't put it past him. Hey, dress- Send Aaron back home, right? Yeah. yeah. Back to his hometown That'd team. Cool. Yeah. Absolutely. The Bay Area. Let's Teach go. That would not be a great move. For who? What's, what's he talking about? Nothing against Jimmy G, but you, yeah. That's not happening, obviously. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You well, I guess know. nothing would surprise you, though, right? Does anything shock you anymore? Hey, Mark Murphy says it's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. going to be interesting. No, I, I think Draft Spectacular uh, this year is going to be active. Yeah. I mean, just with yeah. how active the offseason was, I think the draft night's going to be the okay. same. I think it's a new generation of people in some positions of power. You know, and I'm not saying everybody is going to act that way, but it feels like maybe there'll be some moves. Feels like we'll see some things happen. Some players will be like, "Hey, this is a good time for me to maybe get out of here." Week of the draft, say, hey, if anything comes up, I wouldn't mind going elsewhere. We're not. You're not going to sign me. Maybe DK Metcalf on the move. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there is. There's going to be some moves, I think, done by some GMs or front offices that's either going to make or break their franchise. You know, like we're going to make a, oh, this is kind of questionable. We don't know if this is going to work out. And if it works out, you look like a genius. And then some people, it's not going to work out and you're fired. Isn't it awesome that we are talking about the draft and we are talking about only veteran players? That's what we're, <laughs> we're like, oh, we're excited for like the vets to maybe get traded on draft night, <laughs> see who moves there. We don't have a fucking clue about any of these guys. I guess Aiden Hutchinson, though, he and Trevon uh, Walker are now like a real conversation for who's going to go number one, even though Aiden Hutchinson had been number one since way back when they beat Ohio State, basically, was being talked about in that game. Now Trevon Walker is allegedly in the conversation. Although FanDuel still has the odds at minus 250 for Aiden Hutchinson, it seems like the Walker heat is really coming in. Is that strictly because of all the bullshit that happens around the draft? Mm. Probably. But also, is it because this dude, I guess, is a freak? Uh, Mike Garofalo reporting that Trevon Walker to the Jags at number one chatter this time from Schrager he's heard a lot of the chatter Trent Balky sees a lot of Alden Smith in Walker we're 17 days away now 16 and Balky and the Jags are making their decision so they're just having full conversations at this point about what they really want to do they re-signed a tackle or franchise tagged a, a tackle yeah. offensive tackle so everybody thinks they're going D-line defensive end what if they go completely off the grid and go with somebody else uh, give us the Jackson guy who's 6'4 381 <laughs> You know, I always wonder how close everybody is to the whole situation because we've heard so many lies over the past on who's going where. This year, it but, seems much much more of a question mark than years past at the top. We have, what, 16 days to the draft, correct? Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Draft so, spectacular, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so between now and then, there's going to be all kinds of stuff that happens. But also, you don't, these GMs, these front office, the owners, like I don't think they are squared away 100% on what's going to happen because so much depends on what happens around you. Well, paralysis by analysis, too. Yeah. You can overanalyze everything and kind of talk yourself out of a decision, too, yes. I think. you know, Easy. easy. I'm sure it's pretty easy to do that. Especially if there's a couple people that are already in the group of like, yes, this isn't the right decision, and then you see something on tape that they've been talking about. You know, hey, listen, I did. And they're like, oh, let's, hey, let's go check out Trevon Walker. Now, we mm-hmm. like this guy. Look what he did here. There's probably a lot of that happening. I would assume all of them would wish the draft was tomorrow. Like, let's get this over oh, with. Yes. Right. Yeah. Think about it. If you're sitting there and you have to make one, of, like, you have to make a decision like this, this the time would stand still, I feel like, because if you really are locked in on somebody you want, you're just praying nobody else takes that person. 
and some people I'm sure have no real clue what direction they should go. Well, and also they have to think about all their other fucking picks too. Mm, yeah. So they have to do actual research on the entire draft while knowing that the pillars of the program are going to be picked on the first and second day or whatever, mm -hmm. and we can't get that wrong. What a fascinating juggle of time management for all these fucking GMs. Well, and last year, like leading up to the draft, the first three picks were essentially locked in. And then day of the draft is when the third pick changed. Like even one and two, Lawrence Wilson, I think that was uh, basically since the end of college football season damn near that that was definitely happening and there was no change. And obviously this year it's like, shit, anybody could go one right now, it feels like. Hey, who would you take? AJ, after all the film you've watched, you know, that Hayden Hutchinson guy mm -hmm. beat the fuck out of the Ohio State Buckeyes yeah, he did. this last year. You, you got to go based on team needs, right? Best available, too. Well, yeah, so number one overall, you're Jacksonville. Who are you going with? Yeah, I'll probably take Hutchinson, actually. Okay, really? what do you – watching Hutchinson's film, Actually, I like Walker, too. What did I say? We walked into the national championship game. We're in a, in a box on the 50, and within 30 seconds of walking in, I was like, are you kidding me? These Georgia guys are unbelievably fast and physical. Like you, They close ground so fast. Yeah, and this dude, I guess, lost 20 pounds. He had, they had him at inside. He loses 20 pounds, goes to the outside, and then just has massive production and can fly. It's, so I feel like his upside, he still has a lot of room to go, which is what everybody's talking about. Like We can still teach him a lot of things. Aiden Hutchinson, I don't know any – I haven't heard any conversation about him other than he is the number one. And that's kind of an interesting spot. We talk about this with like um, – like it happens with LeBron James. happens with Aaron Rodgers. You get to a point where you're so fucking good that the conversation isn't about how good you are anymore. It's about like what you do wrong. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, this person – like LeBron James has been uh, compared to Michael Jordan since he's like 22 years old. They're, we didn't even get the old, hey, look how good this guy is. The LaMelo ball highlights. Like mm -hmm. That was only like a year or two of LeBron's life. And then it was immediately – well, is he better than Michael Jordan? And let's tear him down. Boom, boom, boom. It's like that with Aaron Rodgers, I feel like. Aaron, everybody's like, yeah, we know he's great. But also, he's an asshole, prima donna, missed this throw, did this, did this. Like, you get to that point where you're at the top, where there's nothing good. It's like, yeah, you're assumed to be good. But now it's like, take him down. It feels like that with, like, Aiden Hutchinson almost. For this entire draft, there's been zero conversation about him except for he's number one overall. And then now that somebody else is creeping in, it's like, well, he does seem to be a little bit quicker than Aiden Hutchinson is, and his upside's mm -hmm. a lot bigger than Aiden Hutchinson. It's like, we haven't heard much positive about Aiden Hutchinson other than the motherfucker's going number one overall. It's an interesting, interesting situation. Joining us now is the quarterback guru for ESPN. You see him break down film. You see him do magical things. He wore a green jacket yesterday. Oh, oh yeah. Masters yeah, guy. Yeah, absolutely. Guy won the Masters. Ladies and gentlemen, Dan Orloff. What's up, dude? What's up, Bob? Hey, what's going on, man? Um, other what way. Other way. Other way. Here we go. Hey, I met your friends Dude Perfect down there at, uh, in Dallas, man. They said hello. They were big fans of yours. Those are good dudes. Good dudes. Super talented guys. Yeah. And my kids love it. My kids absolutely love it. Yeah, I told They're him. They're a lot like you when it comes to just being like a good human being. Well, they seem like much better humans than me when I met them. <laughs> just, I, I would just like to let that be known. But I told them that I watched their entire arena show through your Instagram stories one night. I was like, hey, you guys are doing live shows selling tickets. That's genius business stuff. I actually watched an entire show through Orlovsky's IG uh, story. They go, Orlovsky! Orlovsky's a good guy! Mm -hmm. They all loved Orlovsky. So I think that's good news. You're in with them. I think your kids will think you're super popular now. We spend enough of money on their memorabilia and their, the stuff that they sell, so I would hope that I'd be <laughs> on that. Yeah. Hey, they got a good business going down there. Oh, yeah. yeah. They got mm -hmm. some smart people behind the scenes. 
Yeah, smart well, people. Well, I think also them too. I mean, they. It's not. Mm -hmm. I mean, behind the scenes, I guess give them credit, but yeah, they are absolutely crushing it. Let's talk about you, Dan. Um, what are you looking forward to this draft? We were just chatting about it. The Trevon Walker to the number one overall pick chatter has really started up. Is it because we're 16 days away from the draft? Is it because people are seeing more upside, learning more about him? And what do we know about Aiden Hutchinson other than he's just the lock to be the number one overall pick, Dan Orlovsky? Yeah, so I, I can't speak like football-wise a ton about these guys. I'm a quarterback, so I don't want to pretend to be something that I'm not. But I can tell you that I've called both Michigan and Georgia games this year. Uh, I actually called the first game of the season for Michigan this year, and then I, I think Michigan, uh, Michigan, Penn State. Um, oh, Aiden yikes. Hutchinson, yikes. like I think, is an absolute freakazoid athlete, and. Um, Athletically, I'm not saying he's Miles Garrett, but this dude's numbers when you watch his combine and then you watch the athleticism on tape, from an offensive perspective, you sit there and you go, I have no idea what we're going to do with this guy pass blocking wise. You know, like, can we really block him one on one? And the Walker conversation, it's interesting because, you know, I played. AJ, you played against that early 2000 Miami's team, the Miami Hurricanes. I don't, I don't know how yeah, old O2. AJ is exactly. Yeah, 2002. I, yeah, so I played against that team and went defensive. They, they had like six guys, seven guys go drafted in the first round on defense, right? They were just out of this world. And watching the Georgia tape this year, <clears throat> I remember thinking to myself, like, they look like the early 2000 Miami's defense. You couldn't do anything against them. So I started making calls. Like to, you know, getting ready for the games. They started making calls to people being like, how many first rounders is Georgia going to have from their defense this year? And everybody, coaches, you know, other people who call their games, they're like, they're going to have like one, maybe two. And I was sitting there going, how does a defense that dominant only have one or two? And, you know, kind of the way they talked about it was the uh, everybody's performance was so high that the, the the sum was greater than the individual parts, at least in their eyes. And um, I, that kind of took me took me by surprise. And then I think some of the numbers for some of these guys like Walker might be down stat wise. I'm not going to tell you the team, but I remember having a conversation with a coach this year, getting ready to play them. And he was like, honestly, we're just going to try to run the ball, huddle, take as much time off the clock as we can because we know we have no chance of success against them. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, uh, what was your success rate against that Miami team in 02? Uh, through the first touchdown pass of the season against them, no big deal. We went up 7 nothing on the road. We lost 49-7. to <laughs> <laughs> Hey, they were just waking up from the night before, it seemed like, whenever you were. Yeah. You know, they were just kind of – That defense was like Sean Taylor, God rest his soul, Kelly Jennings, intro roll. Uh, Jonathan Vilma, McDougal, Dot, like they, that team was just, they, they were unbelievable. How'd you score a touchdown on him? You felt pretty good about yourself, huh? Oh, Dan, yeah, you were feeling your route. Through a seam route, no big deal. All right, let's talk about some quarterbacks. This draft class, I guess, is absolutely nothing, right? Is that what people are saying? Although I've seen you post some videos, I feel like you have a different perspective on these quarterbacks and maybe the overall conversation about them. Now, a lot of these quarterbacks coming into the draft look a lot better now than they did before free agency to some of the teams that weren't able to score a veteran quarterback, I assume. That's why a lot of conversations happening. Are any of these guys plug and play day one in your eyes? And why has the conversation gone the way it's gone? I think the only guy that is probably plug and play would be Kenny Pickett. And I don't think it's 
plug and play and play well. What about his hand I size? Think, what about his hand size? Mm, that ball can't yeah. hold a football. Yeah, have you got just, you know, I love that conversation. Well, we're concerned about his hand size. So, okay, and then watch him throw the ball and tell me if it's still a concern. Um, I think here, here's my take on some of these top guys. I don't believe any of these guys are first round physical talents outside of Malik Willis. And even that is a risk. I think that Malik Willis is a guy that, since he is so physically talented, and he, you watch his tape, and you watch him make plays and throws that look like some of the young stars at that position in the NFL now, he's the only guy that, that has that. Now, he's also under six foot one, and um, that's going to give you hesitation in, for the crowd that tells me, well, Baker Mayfield was drafted one, and Kyler Murray was drafted one, and they're short. Sure, I think that there's probably some question marks out, out there about those guys and on the football field. So, you know, I think that gives you the hesitation of Willis. Obviously, where he played is going to be a part of the conversation. Um, Kenny Pickett is a lot like Sam Darnold without the interceptions. Um, without the interceptions. Crazy, crazy talent athletically. Um, can make some really cool throws. My hesitation with Kenny Pickett is twofold. Number one, Pitt ran the same play offensively like 50 times, not 50, no, like 20 times no, a game. No, Whipple. Oh. No, he ran over the sideline, yeah, got a new play call every yeah. single time. Yeah, I mean, that's maybe the same different formation, but it was the same play call. Um, like, so you would expect him to do well in that, right? It's, it's like his fifth year in college. You would expect him to do well. Um, he's also mechanically really poor. My question is, like, how, oh, if you're a four-year starter, how are you still mechanically that poor? Damn. That would give what? what is the deal? I, was, I didn't know it was turning into a road session. Yeah, yeah, Kenny Pickett. Pickett stinks. Kenny Pickett's our guy. It's 412. I literally, two, uh, th- three, three minutes ago, I said he's probably the plug and play guy. Yeah, but this Not is the sandwich well. thing. This is like to say something nice, wham, and then bang. It's my job, it's my job to be honest, Pat. Um, Why is this form trash, you think? And that, that <laughs> obviously means a lot on accuracy, uh, consistency, what? longer game, right? A longer season. These are all things that I assume start plugging in there once you start saying, well, his form is interesting. Yeah, and I think that as a young player, you can get away with that stuff in the league for a short period of time. But to be consistently good, those are things that you're going to have to address. Like Tony Romo is my kind of comparison for Pickett. And Romo mechanically got a lot better as he got older in the NFL. Now, can you get better with that stuff for Kenny Pickett? Absolutely. But that's why I think those conversations with, you know, kind of the NFL are so important because, again, my question would be, why am I going to believe that you're going to get better at this stuff when you're a four-year starter and you haven't really gotten better at it? I got to figure that out. Is it, uh, are you not doing it? Is it just your style? Is it when the live bullets come? All that kind of goes away. I want to figure that stuff out. And it, you know, it's not all that his situation for me is not all that different than like the Daniel Jones a couple years ago when he went six to the giants. You know, there's a, there's a lot that you like about him, but then you go, okay, what's, what's the issue that's going to hold him back. And the issue that's going to hold him back is that mechanical stuff that makes him late. He misses throws. He leaves pockets that are clean. He drifts in the pocket. Are you going to, is he going to fix that? Because Daniel hasn't fixed his turnovers yet. Um, Desmond Ritter is intriguing to me because Desmond Ritter um, is so advanced when it comes to quarterbacking in comparison to like the other three or four guys. He 
is by far the best when he knows, okay, I break the huddle. This is my play. I got to be ready to get into this check in the run or change this protection. This is the coverage. This is where I got to go with the football. So he's by far the best. And that's probably the, that's like, the, the guy you yeah. feel yeah. most comfortable Ain't with. Ain't that what we're looking for? Well, but no, not in the NFL anymore, Pat. That's the thing. Like in the last like two or three years, it's flipped, man. Like, because, you know, yeah, I used no, to be I the guy. Know. Here's the thing. Like, if, if you look at the young stars at that position in the NFL, it is Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes. Um, Kyler? Uh, Justin Herbert. These guys are Kyler, physically freaks of nature. I mean, they're they're monsters physically. They got massive arms. But then they have the intellectual aspect and then they have the off the charts athleticism. Ritter doesn't have the massive arm um and the big kind he's long and lean rather than this big six foot five, two hundred forty pound guy. And it's I think the way you say it, I think. Mm. I think it's the way you say it. What? He can get better at the deep ball. Like he can, you know, like there's a way to paint yeah. it in there as opposed to being like, Well, listen, Ritter got a baby arm. That's what, that's what you just said. That's what you just said. That's what you just said about him. I like Ritter. I do. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Sure. That's what are you gonna take him are you gonna take him and give him thirty million dollars with the sixth pick? Me? Yeah. I'm on GM. Sorry. Uh, first round pick this <laughs> okay, so year. So if you're a GM if, if you're the Carolina Panthers and you have the sixth pick and you know you got to play against Aaron Rodgers and Matthew Stafford and Kyler Murray Tom Brady. and um, Tom Brady. those are only the guys in the NFC. Do you James. feel great about that? Tom James Winston. James. Yeah. Tom Brady. Mariota. Mar- Marcus, Marcus Mariota. Mariota. Tom, Tom Brady. <laughs> Do you feel great about that? Huh? That's your question. Like with the six. <laughs> The second round pick, I feel a lot better about it. With the sixth pick of the draft, I'm, I'm p- picking you to be an absolute rock star. And that's where I think you get hung up with guys, these guys. Other than Malik Willis, he's the only one that has physical traits that you go, I can't coach that. Got AJ. Sorry about it. Dane, I saw uh, a thing where Malik Willis was, I-, I believe he was pressured more than pretty much anybody in college, and he had to you know, bail out of the pocket and scramble and make plays. Is that If you were a GM, would that worry you that – he doesn't have enough reps just standing in the pocket and, oh. you know, hitching and slinging it. Northern Iowa, Kurt That's Warner. Right. Boom. That's yeah. right. No, because I think the situations when they presented themselves on a relatively consistent basis, he did that. You know, I, I think that that's why that's why guys like Malik are relatively difficult evaluations. Matt Corral from Ole Miss is in this as well as and Sam Howell from Carolina. You know, these offenses are very much so play with tempo, get to the line of scrimmage. We're going to call a play. It's more often than not going to be relatively a quick game or one pass an RP, or one read, an RPO. We're going to throw hitches and shots. And hitches I don't think that, hitches you know, those guys, um, that, that's what that, those coaches did that was best for the offense. I don't think it's necessarily the best for the player. It's best for their collegiate offense. And I, I think that when – you know, Malik Willis, if you watch the tape and you see it presented, you go, oh, he's going from one to two there. Like, yeah, okay, he, he realizes the safety goes over the top, so he takes the whole shot. Or I think that, you know, for the, the small body of work that he was asked to do that stuff or demanded to do that stuff, I thought he did it relatively well. I don't want to say this as – actually, I could have played probably multiple positions at the level that Liberty is at, so I will say this wide open. 
He played against terrible football players, right? I mean, is that even a thought? I mean, that is the big thing in Pittsburgh mm-hmm. because uh, Steelers allegedly in the quarterback market. Maybe uh, Tomlin was visiting with everyone in classic Mark Madden, Liberty Biberty. Who is he playing against? <laughs> well, it's funny. Is can you? Is there things you can take away from the film of, of like the level? Like, is that not something that I assume a lot of people are taking into place? And that's not Malik Willis's fault because he wasn't recruited properly. The guy's a stud. We saw him at the combine, and everything like that. But that has to be something. Some sort of drawback, right? Or is there some place that you can kind of pick through that? No, yeah, it absolutely is a part of the way you're looking at it. I think you have to start with when you were at Auburn because he started at Auburn. You know, why couldn't you get on the field? You know, what and politics might play its part. I don't know. I think that's part of the conversation you have to ask is what kept you off the field at Auburn within the SEC. And politics and then, do happen, by the way. That does happen. Of course yes, they do. Yes, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, especially in college football nowadays when. Hey, you're the number. You're the you're the pick, and we paid you this much money to come. Or, you know, if if I don't play you, you were the high, more highly recruited player. But if I don't play you, then you're gonna leave. So I'll play you, and I'll just lose this guy who I think might be good, but you're more important. All that stuff. So, I think that's got to be part of your question. I, I, you know, here here's my thing. I, I always say this. I want to watch what it looks like rather than kind of um, the end result of it. Um, the end result is so dependent on all the other moving parts. You know, when you're playing quarterback, I want to know when Malik Willis drops back. Here, I'm going to go get – hang on. Give me 10 seconds, Patrick. Uh-oh. What the hell is going on? DoorDash. DoorDash. I can tell you with Malik Willis. Um, oh. He's got your notebook? Get the book out, Patrick. We thought it was DoorDash, dude. We thought it was DoorDash. No idea. No, I'm not. I don't have enough. like Epstein's. <laughs> yeah. So like, I can tell you what Malik Willis. It's a red. You know, you, you when he plays when he plays against, um, you know, Troy. You're you're going okay. You should be dominant. I, I want to see you be dominant. I want to see you be the reason your team wins the football game, and he does that. Um, when when they Marcus play against Ware. Old Dominion, competition stink. But I need you to to be dominant. All right. So when you played against Syracuse, how did you play? I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven plays that I charted as NFL difference-making plays. Oh, that's, oh, that's, that's ACC. UAB, yeah. UAB, good defense. Very good college defense. You should play well. He did. Middle Tennessee, you should dominate. ULM, very good defense. I got one, two, three, four, Easy five, there, six big-time plays. North Texas, you should, wow. UMass, you should dominate. Ole Miss, when everyone says, well, he struggled against Ole Miss – I'm sitting there going, the first play of the game was really good. 18, 26, 30, 35, 40, 45, 75, 84, two minutes. Like, these teams. What's an NFL play? How's that separate itself for you? What's an NFL play look like? Um, I think it's got to be, first of all, athletically. You know, do do you do something athletically that I sit there and I go, you you made this defender miss or you outran the defense or you got yourself out of trouble when your offensive line sucked and you threw the ball 50 yards downfield and i don't care if the guy's wide open but does if the defender's in very good coverage is that more than likely still going to be a completion no, you know yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that that's part of it for me aj you know do you see the coverage rotate and know where to throw the football and then do you throw it with like the t- right Hitch and timing and tempo and trajectory and all those things that I sit there and I go, yeah, I I watch Justin Herbert make that throw or I watch a Patrick make that throw and it's got to look like those guys. And I think that's probably, you know, that's why I think the thing that allows Malik Willis to stand out is 
I don't know if if I can count on one hand. I, I don't know if I can I can tell you this. Matt Corral does not have five of those plays. And I'm not oh, taking no. shots at Matt Corral. He doesn't Jeez. have five of those um, Kenny Pickett probably has, you know, somewhere around eight to ten, may, maybe. Uh, Ritter probably so, somewhere in that in that number range. Where Malik has got two plays every game like that. Okay, all right. So you watch every single play of all these guys' season last year? I watched every single play so far of Malik, Kenny Pickett, Ritter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Corral and Howell. Okay, so this is what you're doing in the offseason right now, just studying the next generation of quarterbacks, and then are you thinking to yourself, these guys kind of stink compared to what's going on in the NFL right now? Because I feel like we've gotten very lucky with young quarterbacks hitting. I mean, Mac Jones seemed like a 14-year vet last year whenever he was playing. Joey Burrow, I think his first year he played really good, got hurt. Everybody's like, ah, that's a guy. Second year, he takes him to the fucking Super Bowl. Like, in in the wide receiver department as well, there's been a lot of young guys who have done well. Are we just getting lucky with a couple classes, or do you think there is going to be a a lot of younger quarterbacks that kind of step in and play well? Probably both, but I, I think it's a little bit more of those cl- those players being very special. I mean, Joe Burrow, the way he was raised, the kind of the trials and tribulations and the challenges he went through, that helped him. Herbert staying for four years um, and kind of grooming his ability. Um, I, I think that some of these players, you know, they, they've learned how important it is to um, go through the, the difficulty of stuff and, and to use it to, you know, make them better players, candidly. I think next year's quarterback class coming out of college is going to be just as good as this past one. I think the um, C.J. Stroud kid from Ohio State, Bryce Young, um, Caleb Williams from USC, I think those that, – that's why I think, Pat, like if you're the Detroit Lions at two <laughs> – are you sitting there going, Malik Willis, we cannot pass on him. This is the no-brainer. Or do you sit there and, like, be honest about we'll be your top five again team. next year. Oh, yeah. We suck. <laughs> We're Detroit. Got to get a start. Well, yeah, like, be honest about your football team. We're not there yet. We're just in phase two of the rebuild. And I think these other three kids coming at least are going to be just as good, if not better. That's the – and I think that's where these general managers are, are interesting right now is because, again, if you look at – if you're an, an AFC general manager and you know that you have to play against those five absolute rock stars that are young, like, you got to go find yourself a rock star, man. You can't find a good player. Yeah, that's why you get Matt Ryan. That's why you bring right, Matt man. Ryan out of Atlanta. Uh, I don't want to ask you about how you think Matt Ryan's going to do. I know you think he's going to be great. I know that's the case, right? Because you're a big brain guy. You're the ESPN quarterback guru. You think Matt Ryan found a perfect home here in Indianapolis. But let's talk about uh, you think he's unbelievable. He can make every single throw. Oh, yeah. He's going to make that team better. That's what Dan Orlovsky's been saying. I heard it. I appreciate it. You don't have to get that, uh, back into it yet again. Uh, there was a stat that came out from CBS Sports yesterday that was interesting. The last 16 quarterbacks who lose the Super Bowl in their first appearance never made it back to the Super Bowl. Joey Burrow is obviously something or somebody that debunks a lot of different theories and myths, including taking the Cincinnati Bengals from a four-win team to the fucking Super Bowl. I mean, it is unbelievable what he's been able to accomplish, and you talk about his trial and his tribulations. Who are some other quarterbacks you think that'll be able to... Like, Josh Allen has to make a play right at this. Like, at some point, Josh Allen's going to make yeah. it to the Super Bowl. And I, they're changing rules because of how good Josh Allen is. And you talk about Joey Burrow. You talk about Lamar Jackson. You talk about Patrick Mahomes. Mac Jones Jones is somebody you left off the list, but he's unbelievable. 
the AFC right now, who's going to win the most, you think, out of those? Who's going to be the representative 10 years from now that we look back and we're like, they held down the AFC? Or do you think it will be a parity-driven conference over the next 10 years? Um, I do think it'll be about parity. Um, I think the Buffalo Bills, as it sits right now, we'll see what happens in the draft, is the, are the team to beat in the NFL. Um, certainly, obviously, in the AFC. I think that the really interesting team that could throw a whole wrench in this is Kansas City. Um, I got into this a little bit the other day. I think they're the most fascinating team in the NFL draft. I mean, this is a team that's gone to four straight AFC title games, and they lost their defensive leader and their second best player, and they had two number one picks, two number two picks, two number three picks, and two number four picks. I understand that the draft Jeez. is about misses, but you know, out of those eight picks, I think all eight of those picks are in the top. I want to say like 120 players in the draft. I mean, if they get five really good players, they're they're the team to beat for the next half dozen years because they got the best coach, the best offensive line, and the best quarterback. Best you know, and that's that's why you I said I, I think that you know Kansas City's draft has got a chance to be not only franchise altering but NFL altering because let's say they hit on a bunch of those draft picks, that is now going to be the formula for organizations. All right, we got a young superstar quarterback. Let's pay him a bunch of money. And then we got to find our one piece that we feel we can flip for a bunch of picks to rebuild our roster. Dane, is uh, the Dolphins going to win the Super Bowl and Tua uh, win the MVP this year? There we go. No. Ty- Tyreek. Whoa! Jesus! Dane, what's that all about? Put him on Cuck Martin, dude. What's that yeah. about? This guy. Why? No hope for the Dolphins. They're turning that whole place around down there. I mean, saying, is there hope for the Dolphins and asking me if two is going to win the MVP in the Super Bowl aren't necessarily the same thing. Playoffs? Um, playoffs? Playoffs? Two is probably winning the MVP. That's right. That's right. I, tell you, I, I would tell you this, and this is not going to go over exceedingly well, but I'll tell you this. I am if I would be more willing to bet on the Dolphins making the playoffs, given what the odds would be, Pat. You know the gambling world better than I, than New England. Oh, oh, you son of a bitch. Why is that? Dead. I think that I think the world of Mike McDaniel, their new head coach, um, I think Tyreek Hill is a huge get. I think their offensive line is going to be a lot better than it has been. Their defense is still be stacked. Uh, I get concerned with New England and who in the fudge is calling their plays? Oh, uh, I, I like. I don't get. I don't get what New England's doing. I don't under. Like, I don't understand that they don't have a person on their offensive staff has ever called a play in the NFL, to my knowledge. Dude, um, like that gives me big time hesitation about what they what they're going to get done. I saw you talk about that. How that was your most alarming thing happening in the NFL was who's going to be the offense coordinator. And you talked about the people who have been in the ear of the other young quarterbacks who have done very well. Didn't Mac Jones like teach Bill O'Brien the offense at Alabama and then he taught Cam Newton the offense? Isn't it just Bill Belichick and Mac Jones making this whole thing happen next year? That that uh, that's alarming to you? You think? Well, I'm pretty sure Steve Sarkeesian called the place for Mac Jones at Alabama. No, not you, Bill Bryant. absolute asshat. Hey, listen, listen, do a little more research, please. I'm pretty sure it was Steve Sarkeesian. Um, yeah, but he taught the offense to Bill O'Brien, dude. Yeah, I mean, teaching the offense and then calling plays are very different. Bill, teaching the offense. Bill Belichick. Yeah. Bill Belichick's on, calling dude. the plays. All right, 
Well, I, I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe I'll be proven wrong in that. I'm just telling you. Would you feel great if Kyle Shanahan became the defensive coordinator of the, the 49ers? <laughs> I think he would. There'd be a reason. I'm yeah. like, all right. Well, I assume he knows. That guy knows how to call offensive. But it is interesting that he's taking that approach. Well, I would assume that Mac knows who's going to be calling plays right now, right? They know. You would think. I would imagine, unless they have something else in the works that we just don't know about. That's going to get you know put together later. I don't. I don't know. But that I still. I still can't sit here and say. I feel good about that. If it was anybody else but New England, I'd be like, they have absolutely no shot. But it still gives me a, a massive amount of concern that a, a quarterback in his second year without a dominant wide receiver is going into a season and, and the play caller is, isn't, you know, like doesn't have the kind of experience of actually calling plays within a game. Type of amateur bullshit you guys run out. Yeah, say the first time. Go ahead, Tone. I mean, the coach that might be calling plays called quarterback sneak on third and ten this year. Joe Judge, he was uh -huh. trying to get the punter into the game. Please yeah, have a little game. respect for the flow of the game, go ahead, Tone. Uh, Dan, Pat's super pumped. Uh, the Colts may draft Sam Howell uh, because he's very similar to Baker Mayfield. Is he actually very similar to Baker Mayfield? He just looks similar. Probably uh, looks similar, but also I would tell you this: short, stocky, massive arm. Um, Baker. He's way more athletic than Baker, though. Way oh. more athletic than Baker. I don't think he's got as um, elite ball placement as Baker, um, oh, but a, a much more athletic pause uh, and much more athletic player. Yeah, dude. But Baker was. You know, he was thrown with a sling last year. That's right. He's going to be all the way back. You that know, police I mean? officer did catch him. Well, that's what I was thinking immediately whenever he said that he's more athletic. Yeah. I'm like, well, Sam Howell gets away from that cop, probably jumps up onto that brick wall, and he's out of there. Mm -hmm. But they're a little boozed up. Who knows what Sam Howell be thinking at that time? Sam, uh, Dan, we can't thank you enough for joining us, buddy. We appreciate you. Who's winning the Super Bowl next year? I'll tell you after the draft. Doesn't matter. These young kids don't care. They don't matter. <laughs> These kids don't matter. Look at the teams that win. It's all vets. Boom, 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 boom. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, good point. Two years ago, the Kansas City Chiefs kind of proved that wrong, or three years ago, but. Nah, but Patrick Mahomes, like 10 years in the NFL after his first year, he sat for a year. They're just boom, boom, boom. All the vets win. That's all that matters. Trade every pick away. Who cares about any of these rookies? <laughs> Literally. What do you think the Packers are going to do? Well, they said it's going to get interesting. Everybody yeah. thinks they're going to move, Ty. What do you think? They better draft a fucking wide receiver, Dan. I'll tell you that much. But they tend to I, zig when everyone else zags. So we'll mm. see. I think they need to get two. I think they need to get two. Who is the, who'd be the one receiver you want them to get? I don't know. We'll see who's available. I mean, I'd love one of the Ohio State guys. Oh, you know, yeah. Keenan Allen or Julio Jones. <laughs> yeah, wow. yeah. The yeah, yeah, the vets would be Faster great. Faster Keenan Allen. How about DK Metcalf? I saw D-Butt say he would never trade a 10 overall for uh, DK Metcalf, and I assume that's because you can. these younger wide receivers have really proven themselves to be great and they're not as expensive. Is that what he's thinking, you think? Yeah, I mean, if you told me Garrett Wilson or DK Metcalf, I'd probably I'd tell you Garrett Wilson. If you told me DK Metcalf or uh, like Drake London from USC, I think I'd go DK Metcalf because I think they're both similar players. I just have seen DK do it in the NFL, and I don't know. The Drake London kid reminds me a lot of um, uh, DeAndre Hopkins a little bit. Whoa. I don't know if he's going to be as good as Hop, but he reminds me. Give me now. that guy. Hey, we would like new. Dan, we appreciate you. We'll check you out on ESPN every single day. You crush it. You're the best. Ladies and gentlemen, Dan Orlovsky. Come on, Dan. Dan. 
If you open your Twitter right now, Dan Snyder is trending everywhere. And although we tried to learn as much as we possibly could when this was initially reported, it feels like more and more has been sent from the Oversight Committee to the Federal Trade Commission, mm. uh, the FTC. So the Oversight Committee has been doing an investigation, and they got a guy named Friedman, who's the former vice president of the Washington football team, to testify about everything that has been happening. So not only was there money being hid uh, from other NFL owners in the rev share department of ticket sales, uh, they were hiding that money in college games and other events. So whenever he was initially reported that the juice goes to Navy Notre Dame, Navy Notre Dame would play at FedEx Field, but money that was stolen from ticketing that was in NFL games would then be allocated to there so that the NFL couldn't get their hands on it because it was a college football game. I guess that happened with a lot of different events and ticket sales. So the initial reports were that two different books were coming out. So Snyder and the Washington football team, uh, through their history, they had their book that they probably had to run through the goddamn government taxes and everything. Then there was a book that they would present to the NFL about money that was made, and that was going to be, that was wrong. They were skimming, I guess, money out of that so they didn't have to share as much with the entire NFL ownership. If what we are reading from this investigation is accurate, I assume Snyder will have an answer, and Snyder's probably going to have to sell his team quickly after all this shit comes out because also it is being reported that they would make it impossible for people to get their security deposits back, which were multiple thousands of dollars people would have to put down to buy their season tickets. I guess there was direct reporting or direct directing from Snyder to make it impossible for people to get their security deposits back. Like, hey, don't accept it via email. They have to do all these other things. So they would get people's security deposits and then make it impossible for people to get back after they got their uh, season tickets. So that was allegedly like $5 million worth of shit. So not only are they bamboozling other owners, now they're potentially fucking over their fans. And I would assume there's other stuff that's going to come to light. Snyder's trending right now, and it is worse than I think... Any of us thought it was financially, even though morally all the exposés that came out would lead us to believe that they would be fucking over their business owners or business partners if they could, AJ. It is only a matter of time, it feels like, before the commanders are under new ownership. Absolutely. It feels like if any of this is, is true, then how does he keep the team? But is this a criminal investigation or is this just civil right now? Where are we? I'm not 100% sure how this entire investigation began. I wonder if it all came from the exposés about what was going on behind closed doors in their um, culture and environment. And then that just kind of led them to this and other reports and investigations. And Was he subpoenaed? This guy subpoenaed by somebody to go testify? Uh, the Oversight Committee, I do believe. The Congressional Oversight Committee, is right? Is that what it's called? Yeah. The Oversight Committee that the commander... Former Washington Commanders uh, Vice President Jason Friedman told the Oversight Committee that the Commanders had two sets of books and intentionally allocated NFL revenue to non-NFL events at FedEx Field, concerts, college games, etc., so that it wouldn't be part of the NFL's revenue-sharing pool. This comes from a tweet. The U.S. House Oversight Committee has sent a 20-page letter to the Federal Trade Commission saying the Washington Commanders and owner Daniel Snyder may have engaged in a troubling, long-running, and potentially unlawful pattern of financial financial conduct so you know morally what was being talked about in that building was terrible right okay mm -hmm. absolutely terrible uh business ethics i think we're all fucked up in, in the way you operate but once it gets into the finances as well as that i mean it feels like it's only a matter of time but i guess he was really running quite a fucking mm -hmm. racket over there which makes sense with what everybody else was saying about how the building was run as a whole you know but he's screwing over the other owners he's screwing over the people you can't you it's can't mess with yeah 
What's yeah. that? This dude's a scumbag, it sounds like. I mean, isn't that what people have been saying forever? I feel like, does anyone stand up and defend Dan Snyder when it comes to anything? We have never. Okay, I'll say something about anybody basically on this show. Negative, and I'll get somebody that'll send me like, hey, actually good dude or whatever. You know, like, depending on who it is. Yeah. It could be long. I mean, we talk about a lot of stuff on this show. But it'll be from all different genres, all different fields, top to bottom. I'll get somebody, if somebody says something negative, and they'll go like, hey, actually, pretty good dude. I don't think we have ever. Mm-mm. No. Ever. I don't think I've ever heard anybody be like, started actually a pretty good guy. Kind of misunderstood. <laughs> Feels like everybody fucking hates the guy. And I would assume it's because of shit like this. Here's a tweet from Warren Sharp. Whoa, this is big, he says. For the last decade, since 2012, Dan Snyder has underreported ticket revenue per the investigation. He raised prices and categorized surplus revenue as bogus licensing fees related to concerts, college football games to prevent sharing with other owners. So this is the the juice that he was putting on what he was telling them they were selling tickets for. That whole 55 and 44, I don't think was the accurate actual numbers. Feels like the NFL numbers were probably much different because NFL tickets are differently, then they would just take that money and put it to somewhere else so they didn't even have to talk about it. Wow. Wow. And all these other business owners, all these other billionaires, all these other cutthroat motherfuckers that hire the best negotiators on earth, by the way, the NFL. That's why you have 31 billionaires, uh, lawyers and negotiators going against the NFL PA. Okay. So normally they're going to win. Think about all of the other owners going, Snyder, you don't think we could have all fucking done this, you motherfucker? Yeah. Huh? You don't think we all haven't had this thought? You think you're smarter than all of us, you piece of shit? Like, that's how they're, they'll probably be offended that, like, we had talked about doing this to you, and we would never do this. Like, this is something that we are in a league together because of it, and this is how the dominoes start to fall quicker, I think, for the NFL saying, hey, Snyder, uh-uh, get the fuck out of here. If that is what... The NFL wants to do, and if all of this is true, which I guess we definitely have to put well, on the end of this entire thing. But what about with Dan Snyder? So when, when like the whole revenue sharing thing, he's hiding revenue from. I would imagine he's already bringing in what some of the he's he's contributing. Hit the percentage of the sales from game day for him has got to be on the low end of the spectrum when you look at the NFL from top to bottom, right? Well, I don't know. They have a massive. Yeah, it's huge, but they tarp off the whole top area because it's too big. Oh, I didn't know they were doing that. Are they doing but that? I'm now? saying if you have that, they have done that. I don't know if they still do that, but he's already putting in a you know a small amount, I would imagine, and then he's lying about that and taking even contributing less because he's skimming off the top other money. Like that's why. Like, how could they not be? Pissed? So we've been a part of some rev share situations with people, and it is that is. I understand it in theory, it's a great idea. I think. Like what? What kind of rev share have you been a part of? No, just like in our business. Like most people get some sort of rev share too when they get new advertisers and in this podcast world, they get in there. Whenever you do a rev share, there has to be a lot of transparency. Like there has to be a lot of transparency. And believe it or not, not everybody is as transparent, you know, as you would think with all of their books because if they're not buttoned up completely and you happen to have a guy that understands the numbers pretty well, which we have a goddamn shark in Phil. I mean, Phil is so damn good at what he does and he knows it, you know, and he, by the way, we're lucky to have him, but that involves a lot of transparency. There's probably full pitch decks, by the way, that Friedman had to do to the other money people in the rev share situation on how their ticketing's going. This is the amount of money that they made. This is how it's sold. And I would assume that everybody in there is like, well, they're not going to just completely. I mean, that's a lot of shit. That's like running another book is a lot of 
I mean, that's a full, you gotta, you gotta do a whole nother full-time job basically doing that. A lot of work, a lot of added stress too to your job. I can't imagine. Yeah. yeah, so you would assume that the other NFL owners though, and their people, their money people, are just assuming that, hey, we're not cooking an entire fake book here. You know, like you would assume. You would assume, yeah. you would assume that that's not the case, yeah. Yeah, because I would wonder if any of them have enough time to like, let's go over Washington's numbers again. What did they say they made? They that, probably get audited all the time though, don't they? Well, the audit would come from the government then, right? Yeah, but I would imagine a guy like Dan Snyder in Washington, they would they would choose to audit him as much as they could. Yeah, but they had a government book. So that yeah. one was- Oh, you're, yeah, but yeah they, so they, man. This so, goes deep. This, oh, I can't, yeah. We're going to find out a lot. Yeah. So this is a government. They have a government book. So the IRS, like, okay, we know the IRS will dive in and not give a fuck. Like, so we got to have our actual shit there, our P's and Q's. He's probably like, hey, I don't want to go to jail. I'll go to jail for that. I don't want to mess with them, but I can screw over the other owners. But our yeah, our, pre our presented yeah. books to the NFL are going to be a little bit, hey. Just a little, just a little, a little different. Little, just a little different. Just a little different. I, if, I'm sure they justify it. Don't you think they justify it? All these people getting... $4 billion to build a new stadium. I can't even get a new stadium. I got poop pipes bur bursting. I got nothing. Like, I'm sure he justifies it in his own way. Yeah, well, or maybe he is just what everybody says. Yeah, just a huge just piece terrible of shit. Guy. I would love care. to know. Like, I would love to know people that know him well and say, like, what is this dude really like? Well, it sounds like we do know. You know, yeah. allegedly, a lot of allegedly's though. I mean, there has been a lot of bam, 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 <laughs> yeah. bam, bam, bam. this guy stinks, this guy stinks, this guy's the worst. Oh my God, worst human of all time. How the fuck does he have his job? Why is this guy the owner of a team right now that has a lot of a lot of fan base? Oh, their entire fans fucking hate him too. Oh, nobody likes this guy. Does anybody like this guy? Nope. He's going to continue to keep cooking the books though and fucking everybody over until he gets his last dollar in his day. Well, then you look at a guy like Jason Wright too. It's like, how... how <laughs> Like he can't do his job. Like he's not going to be successful. You're he's fighting, got no shot. You're fighting this no. battle while the fucking owner is screwing over the entire fan base, like right underneath your nose. Like feel bad for him, kind of. Let's go to the security <laughs> deposit stuff. Zito said he has a little bit more information on this. According to information and documents obtained by the uh, oversight committee, House Oversight Committee, who's doing an investigation for over a decade, Commanders executives may have withheld millions of dollars in refundable security deposits owed to customers upon the expiration of their multi-year seat. And may have taken steps to prevent customers from collecting these deposits. According to a former team executive, the commanders failed to properly refund those security deposits intentionally and took various steps to retain as much of that money as possible. Documents indicate that as of 2016, the team may have retained up to $5 million in deposits from approximately 2,000 different customers. Now that's they have like a 90,000, I think their stadium holds like 90,000 yeah. people. So from 2,000 people, they got about $5 million worth of deposits, allegedly. Now, how do you make it impossible for people to get their security deposits back? Well, there's only one particular way to get paid. You got to go through these hoops. You got to do this. You got to do this. You got to do that. Probably a few thousand dollars from everybody. I mean, we could do some quick math over the years. However, 2,000 people, 5 million bucks, however many years, somebody can figure that out. But to the people that are probably buying these seat leases and buying season tickets that couple thousand bucks i don't want to say it gets forgotten about but it probably does just become something like oh i gotta do this i gotta do this gotta do this gotta do this and i gotta do this they probably just think i'll deal with it later i'll deal with it later and they never do and like snyder's like probably taking advantage of their uh emotions there yeah and who is going to re-up or 
all of a sudden buy season tickets to Washington now? Like, who is going to become oh. a new fan? You going to pick anybody up? And what if this? Now listen, we have. To say, what if this is all a lie though? Like, what if this? What if Snyder's just sitting there? What? Well, I wish we would have done that. We didn't fucking do that. We just weren't selling it for as much as everybody. Like, what if it is a disgruntled employee, which is what everybody's describing Friedman as, who's the former vice president of the team, who is now you know handing basically everything over. Did he? Did he have to speak to whoever the FTC, whoever? Yeah, like would he be lying in to Can't, the committee right? or to con- yeah? Like, isn't that a yeah, crime? People have right? lied before. For oh, sure. yeah, it'd be one thing if this was the only thing ever to come out about Dan Snyder. Yeah, you're right. and be like, oh, this guy's. But I mean, this is a lie. I would just, stuff. I would just like to, you know, say that we have to say this is all alleged. Yeah, sure. because right. Because they're presenting to the FTC on whether or not to present a case and go for it or not. But Snyder's dead in the water. It sounds like. Yeah, and this could be like a pretty quick turnaround, right? Because couldn't allege, like not allegedly, but could they just go to the other owners who are bidding currently on the Broncos and be like, "Hey, you're not going to get this, but also we're going to put this team." No, up they for would sale? have to open it back up, okay? Because yeah. there's probably people like everybody thought Bezos wanted to own the Washington team because the Washington Post is in there and everything yeah. like that. But Bezos probably wants to own a team on a beach. The guy's on a fucking yacht every yeah. day. Yeah, true. You know, so I would assume they would open it back up because these teams don't really go up for sale often. No. So they'd be able to turn it from a very negative situation, which is what it currently sounds like, into a super positive, like, hey, here we go. We got a new team for sale. But, I mean, that is, they've been trying to get this dude out for, you know, being an asshole for a long time. This one would have to be it, right? But this is, there's a memes on the internet, actually. Dan Snyder does something. Everybody says, oh, they're going to fucking force him to sell a team. Mm-hmm. And then it's like two months later, Dan Snyder sitting above the poop pipes that are bursting, still owning the team. <laughs> yeah. so, mm-hmm. You know, like it, he seems to be like a cockroach, always the over, surviving. The other owners, the, I bet the other owners, maybe some of them actually like having Dan Snyder. Like, hey, he takes all the heat. No one comes after us in any decision we make. Yeah. How, what if other teams are doing this? Oh, fuck. Hey. Hey. One book, one book. Yeah. One book. <laughs> fix it. Fix it. <laughs> Can the NFL on the team? Huh? If they can't find like a like a person to buy right away, can the NFL own it? So like a purgatory situation before the next owner? Yeah. The NBA know. did that with the Lakers. The NHL did it with the Coyotes. It gets murky, though. Hmm. Yeah, because then who's making the decision? Or maybe not the Lakers. Clippers? Cl- uh, no, the Pel... Whoever was whoever rejected they can always the find Chris Paul trade. The, team, though. the Chris oh, Paul Hornets. trade was rejected because the NBA team... The NBA owned that team at the time. Well, think about... You know, because Snyder has had his wife go to all these meetings. Right. And they tried to pivot away from, it's not Dad's team anymore. Yeah. It's his wife. It's his wife's team. <laughs> yeah. This is him, though, like there's, fucking over the other owners. Right? Yes. Like, there's no way they're just going to be like, ah, oh, it's just Dan. Like, at this point, it's. But we don't know what happens in a one per club meeting. Like, we have mm-hmm. no idea. We get Big Jim. Jim from Jimmy with the cold song. Well, that would also make sense why, you know, with like the previous one, we're like, oh, he's got to be done. Like it was a personal thing with just him. It didn't really affect anyone else in the league other than like, you know, it, it, bad PR wise. But they're like, oh, yeah, that's just Snyder being a piece of shit. But when it's something like this where it's like, oh, no, this directly affects all of us, you you would think that they'd be like, all right, let's get this guy the fuck out of here. Do you think every owner just has a red phone around, <laughs> you know, and it's just it's ringing right now and it's Roger Goodell? You motherfuckers. And Jerry Jones like, that son of a bitch is stealing from us. What are we going to fucking sell that thing? And then, like, Jim Mercy, brothers, I've been telling you, like, this is going to be happening. And then fucking uh, uh, David Tepper or whatever, the richest guy. Mm -hmm. You poor, broke bastards (laughs) letting this guy do this to you for a decade. Like, what? I mean, that conversation, the next conversation by all the owners after all this shit comes out. And maybe they already know all this, by the way. 
Maybe they've already done the entire, you know, maybe that's what the one per club meeting was. And maybe that's why Mark Davis was so like, yeah, I would like everybody, everything to come out. Yeah. Like, we have no idea what the other NFL owner, owners already know about, right? We have no clue. It would, it would be interesting to see if they if there had been like suspicions over the years. Like, hey, man, something's, something's going on there with their books. Like if, if, there's, if there was like rumors out there over the years. Hey, we should have CFO Phil calling right now. Mm, yeah. Ask him, how do you do this? Yeah, like, how how much fucking work? Hey. I'm texting him. He's running. Running somewhere. He probably is running right now. He's got a fucking marathon. In- but if they sell a new a name change or what? Yeah, I know, right? New brand? <laughs> oh, jeez. Football team. I mean, football Just team right back to football, football, football team. What if they were? You got to get a new stadium hey. to buy them. You have to go back. Hey, we're live. We're live. We're live. Uh, quick question. How hard would it be to run two different books, honestly? Because this is coming out that the commanders did this. Is this like an immense amount of work and the person that outed them was just sick and tired of all the exhaustion, you think? Possibly, yeah. I mean, you'd have to have teams of people, I imagine. No, but they said only a couple people knew about it because of how, uh, you know, how, how, how rat bastard You want people snitching, yeah. Yeah. Take that extra money they were stealing and pay the extra people to run the books. Ah, oh, mm-hmm. he's already got fucking money. Put, it, put money. it back into the business, you know. Oh. all right. Appreciate you, dude. Hey, how's it going back there? If I knew you were alive, I would have answered. <laughs> all right. Well, you gave us great stuff. <laughs> Thank you, Phil. So that's what Phil's gonna do to us later. Yeah, sounds mm-hmm. like it. All right. So. Yeah, he's, he's, he's already got a plan. <laughs> got to reinvest in the company. He was an accountant, you know, at a accounting firm beforehand. Just low. I mean, he had to do the terrible shit and read through it all. I guess they're like, you know, tax stuff happens in a lot of places. Mm-hmm. And like money stuff happens in a lot of different places that you wouldn't even expect it or whatever. And it just never, you never win. Like you always have a little bit of a run, it feels like. Nobody ever wins long term when it comes to the cash stuff, ever. Ever, it feels like. Don't mess with the IRS, I know that. Hell yeah. So there's got to be something in can't these mess emails. With, can't fuck with the IRS at all, by the way. Yeah. People do. People, oh, I'll let them come catch me. Like, good luck. All right. That's. Yeah, not smart. Get the fuck. They will. They, they will get you. Hey, how come every person, by the way, I think you and me, maybe because of how lucky we were to get paid the amount of money we were paid at the age we were paid. And in, in our checks, it lays out exactly where all the money's going. It's like. Hey, I know they say follow the money, but like for real, the government is going to, that is literally all they look at, it feels like, as you get older and older. I can't believe Snyder was able to pull this ruse over all the other NFL owners who are supposed to be the most cutthroat business people. Well, and what do you think? It's just because it's like five million bucks in the grand scheme of things. Like you said, like if you're a billionaire, that's probably not something that you're fucking, you know, like, oh, whoa, what's what's going on here? Like you probably thought it was a small enough amount where it was like, hey, this will just slip through the cracks. No one will ever care. Well, and the way you can present it is like, yeah, tickets are down a little bit because of everything. We don't have a team name. We don't have yeah. a brand. We're in We've an overturn. The in 20 years. Like you can, but we're still optimistic about we were you're up. You're stealing though. You're stealing from the other owners. No, absolutely. But I'm saying how they present the fake numbers. To, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm sure they had a whole plan on how they, yeah. I'm, obviously, it's been working for how many years? 10 years 10 now, years. right? It had to be more than 10 years, though, right? I mean, Probably. what, what happened? Woke up one day in 2012 was like, I'm fucking tired of paying what everybody else is paying. <laughs> Let's keep this. Like, does that, I guess that does happen. It can happen. Or did somebody present him say, hey, you know what we could do is, or maybe saw like a Bernie Madoff documentary. Mm-hmm. Maybe Office Space. 
That ended well. Maybe saw office space. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe saw office space. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of things that maybe he watched that gave him the idea. Just like a fraction of a, of a penny, right? Yeah. They just kept stealing. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what phone companies do that. Mm -hmm. You know, phone companies do that type of shit. A carrier fee will be an extra two bucks, $2.50 this month. And it's like, oh, is it around the amount? Yeah, it's around the amount. Yeah. I probably spent a little bit more. I'll use a little bit more. And they're collecting like $2.50 from 20 million people every single month all of a sudden. And that's not going anywhere, by the way. That's the new baseline. And then a couple months later, I think there's another $1.50. Yeah, Boom, just bang, bang. They could just kind of scoop it if it's a little bit amount. That's why those, uh, what's that company, like Truebill or whatever? Yeah. Yes. All your subscriptions that you have that are auto pay that they like tell you like, hey, are you sure? Right. And it's like, no, get me out of there. Because there's some, there's like a $2, $3 subscription that you have you don't even think about. And in the NFL, when they're signing $110 billion deals and it's off 7 to $10 million or whatever, and you can just say, well, we're going through these exposés and we don't even have a team name. I assume the NFL is like, oh, yeah, yeah, fuck, sure. Uh, good luck. Come on. Yeah. Let's get it back together there. And they just move along because these are humans at the end of the day, even though they operate like absolute savages. Yeah, but whoever buys this Washington team, if they they have to sell it, they're gonna they're gonna somehow get some kind of guarantee for a new stadium, aren't they? Well, mm -hmm. they would have to, and then also that's a good call about them having a new name. There's already rumors of them building a new stadium, or looking at areas. Well, they have to, to right? FIFA for the World Cup. Is that what you're saying? Uh, oh, yeah. before yeah. that, before that even. So FIFA builds all these stadiums in all these countries, or these countries have to build all these stadiums. Like Qatar right now, are they paying for all those? I stadiums? assume the countries are. Yeah, paying. yeah, it has to be. Maybe. Yeah, because they're FIFA getting all, may help them. They're yeah. getting all the business from the World Cup, so you would think they'd be footed with the bill. All those Olympic places and World Cup places, all those stadiums become literally homes to macaques. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Macaques live in them. Yeah, Greece. A bunch of homeless people live in Athens now in those stadiums. Yeah. Really? Yeah, oh, macaques yeah. too. They, they they become like they become like jungles. Mm -hmm. Some of those places. I would love to see like an abandoned Olympic stadium with a bunch of macaques and see who is who I've is the, the, the top of the heap. I've seen it. I actually it's on a documentary somewhere. Oh, they 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 really did take over one of those old stadiums. Yeah, like there's like animal kingdoms like in some of these old stadiums, like legit. They should sell. We Russia, should go to go maybe? tour China? that. I forget somewhere. Make some money if we could, you know, get a tour guide and take us through. Yeah, down in Brazil, they have a yeah. lot of that as well. Mm -hmm. I think it might have been Brazil actually. Yeah, for the, the Olympics. The yeah, Zika, the Zika go. Sochi. Sochi's also a ghost town. <laughs> it is. Tony Geography. Hey, are you ready? For We're getting what? to a break. Oh, no. We're getting to a break. And then I feel like we did a good tax, books, Congress, oversight, federal trade committee meeting. Yeah, yes. I learned a lot. Yeah. Big takeaway is Dan Snyder's fucked. Say aye. Aye. Dan Snyder's not fucked. The pose. Motion carries. He's fucked, dude. Yeah, yeah, he is fucked. Look at us just doing that stuff. I wish I had a gavel. Today's show is sponsored by the best ticket app on planet Earth and the, the moon. moon. That's SeatGeek. This is your weekly reminder that watchers and listeners of this show get 10% off at the link in our description at youtube.com forward slash the Pat McAfee show. The playoffs are here. The NHL playoffs are around the corner. Baseball's going on. Right. Concerts are on the horizon. Right. Life is all the way back except for in Philadelphia. Yes, thank you. SeatGeek seating chart will make sure you're getting the best value for every possible ticket you can buy. 
Green means good, red means bad. They scan the entire internet for all the tickets available to the event you are looking to go to. If it is a red next to it, it's like, hey, this is not a good deal, but this is a ticket available. If there's a green next to it, it's, hey, this is a good deal with a good ticket. You will not get catfish. They are fucking the best in the game. Just hit the link in the description next time you want to buy some tickets and get out and live a little bit. You're alive, but are you living? Go live with our friends at SeatGeek. That's a wild scene, dude. Insane. Honestly, because they're robbing from within. Yeah. You never mm-hmm. see any... The NFL is always like this. Always. Every negotiation, every deal. Even though there's probably a lot of yelling and there's a little bit of discontent, and I assume not everybody agrees with everything, the NFL is always a 100% vote. You'll see like the NFLPA on a new CPA, it'll be like, well, 51% to 49%. In the NFL, no, it's like, oh, all those players are pissed. Okay, so we can just take advantage of whatever. The NFL, 100% yes, 100% no. Always has been, always will be. Now they got somebody from within allegedly stealing from them. I'll be excited to see how they respond to this entire thing and who gets into the game. Also, I'd like to let you know, speaking of in the game, there's a uh, playing game, same game parlay, 50% refund bonus mm-hmm. thing. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Happening tonight and tomorrow. And Friday for the NBA play-in games here. uh, If you hit a a same-game parlay, a a collection of same-game parlays, twenty dollars you get ten bucks back. Fifty dollars you get twenty-five dollars back. A hundred dollars worth of same-game parlays on all these NBA games over the next four days, um, you get fifty bucks back. If you go all the way up to two hundred dollars on same-game parlays, you get a hundred dollars back. But that is the max. So there's a if you go on the next two nights, there's how many games? Four. Four. Four games. You got 25 bucks, same game parlay on each game. Mm-hmm. That'd be $100. You get 50 bucks back regardless, and you might hit for fucking whatever same game parlays at FanDuel right now. Sounds good. I didn't really hear any of that, but it sounds like an amazing opportunity. This is how. Well, fucking clean your ears out then, you moron. Jesus. Just a lot of numbers. A lot of numbers thrown around. Sometimes same I as hear a wild card you know, Okay, so you get 50% you back. You get 50% back on your NBA, same, NBA play in game, same game parlays. Uh, up to $100 back, so up to $200 in same-game parlays. So you Free money. Yes, you're getting that back. Yeah. Yes. It's a great deal. For instance, tonight, like Kevin Durant, probably going to go off. Right? They're He's going to score, gonna... what, 48, you think? Maybe. I don't, I don't know. I, what's, what's his over-under in um, On it? It's probably like 30. Yeah, it's probably right around there. Uh, 31 and a half. 31 and a half. He's going to go over because this game yeah. matters. The Nets are going to win, probably not by nine and a half. You can probably also get Kyrie Irving in there. He's going to cook. This is a big-time game for him. He's had a lot of people back there. I don't know what that will probably be. Is the same so game if parlay. we go uh, money line plus KD over 31 and a half and Kyrie over 28 and a half, it's plus 324. Plus 324. And let's say you put $50 on that. You're going to get 25 bucks back regardless. Boom. Boom. And that could hit for 150. Hell yeah. But I know I heard someone say earlier the Nets are terrible at defense. Ben Simmons is a defensive monster. Is he going to play ever? No. He's not, not playing game three of the Celtics series if they get in. Is that really a thing? Yeah. Oh, yes. yes. If they win tonight, they play, or yeah, if they win tonight, they play the Celtics in the first round. And Sham said a week from today. Which yeah, it won't be games three. one or games two, they said. So he knows he's about a week out. Yeah, which is interesting. Because we see him shooting and running and everything. Yeah, it looks fine. Just like Zion. But also like basketball shape. Like if, he, if, his, if he's got a bad back and he can't run like the five on fives, then how long will he actually be able to play like a full game? Yeah, but who cares, right? If they give him like 10 minutes. No, and him, he'll probably play two minutes and be like, oh, my back quirks. <laughs> Is that an accent? Because <laughs> he's from Australia? Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you know Mel Gibson's from Australia? Hell yeah. yeah. Really? So is Keith Urban. 
Well, does, yeah, Keith has an accent pretty strong. Mel, Mel got rid of his. Yeah, but Keith got rid of his when he was singing, too. He became yeah, exactly. straight off the farm. So yeah, everyone's singing. singing an accent, Thank though? You. Adele. Yeah. Adele. Yeah. Country singers do. Yeah, but wow. normally... Uh, yeah, it's like when actors yell. If you're if you're faking an accent in a movie, it's hard to yell in an accent. Like Forrest Gump, he tries to yell. It sounds like Tom Hanks. Oh, can you what? yell? What's your best accent? We heard your English one when you did the Queen. You got a Southern nah, one. Really, I'm not really good at it. Yeah, you yeah, are. Yeah, you are. You're very good. When he was the Queen, English oh, yeah. one was unbelievable. The Queen so was unbelievable. Yeah, spot on. When did you learn the English accent? Was that just something you picked up? That's just something I like to dabble with every once in a while. I like to study study people and their how they speak. Did you watch The Crown? I did watch The Crown. That was that was that was a history lesson for me. That was good. All the seasons, or did you quit whenever that one queen quit? Because I couldn't take the new mm. queen. That didn't bother me because I understood that it started out when the queen was very young, and so as she gets older, I would I understood. Hey, you got to replace her with an older actor. Yeah, but can we just put some makeup on? I mean, fuck. Yeah. We made yeah. what's his face ten feet tall with those shoes. Robert sure. De Niro. Yeah, yeah, yeah it looks great. Looks great in that movie when they CGI their younger. face to make him younger. It yeah. Really good. Don't. What's your deal? They it spent $600 million on the movie, too. Well, listen, good film. they're making money. Yeah. Somebody's making money out there. Hey, AJ, would you? how would you grade this particular English accent if Jim you, Raj had to walk in there and do a full, you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, curtsy. Hey, I'm, we're coming. We're bringing a, a big sports stooge thing over here. Is that okay? Yep, deal. Perfect. Let's get some tea. Let's get the fuck out of here. How do you think that went? It went Raj and the Queen. You think she liked them? Yeah. yeah. I bet she liked them. She probably knows a lot. Like, what if she's sitting there and then all of a sudden she's like, so... What about the Sean Watson situation? What about the Sean Watson situation? What about the Sean Watson situation? Huh? <laughs> Nailed it. Still slaps. It was exactly 13 months ago. The thing of it, yeah, happy happy 13-month anniversary to that clip. Congrats, AJ. The, um, and my, I shaved my face. I was just saying, yeah. The, um, AJ, AJ. What's up? I'm glad I could pay tribute to the queen and... Harry and Meghan Markle, even if they disbanded uh, themselves. No, they're not. Yeah, they're not no, part of it, dude. Don't you dare. Oh, come on. You can talk about dude. the Prince, dude. Yeah. What, are you going to get into that? Yeah, your guy, Harry, Prince. What do you mean, Harry? Bro. You just, he named his kid after his mom. Come on now. Yeah, but you would never. There's another accent. You would. You normally would never do that. So you just doing that out of nowhere. Yeah. yeah. Well, why would I not do that? What do you mean? You don't know the accents I do. We do. We we talk to you every fucking day, bitch. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So like that wouldn't. That, I mean, it's orga it was organic in the moment. If you, that's what Orgasmic it was. I think that's why we love you so much. I was genuinely yeah. curious, like what the queen would would ask. I think that's going on the uh, the walk-in wall of yeah. moments for our show uh, oh, yeah. when you go mm -hmm. into the igloo or building the up walk-in wall. What is that? Uh, like when you walk in, it's going to be like you're walking through like a uh, like a Hall of Fame for our show of moments. Can you put up a, at least a screen grab of you with the at bat against uh, Jet? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That'll be in there. That'll be in there. Yeah. That'll That'll be in there. there yeah. It'll be all digital. It'll be like digital uh, NFTs, bro. No, yeah. Another accent. Yeah, yeah that was super. <laughs> it's gonna be videos. Yeah, super. Keep cat. track. It's gonna be like those uh, those photo. Frames that yeah. have like things that you know they can run like on yeah yeah you can Wi-Fi different pictures to them all the time or yeah like the RV yeah. at MetLife Stadium is gonna oh, have a pretty boy. good that's gonna have a pretty good little spot on there you know what I mean just all the moments from the history draft spectacular I assume yeah god damn it yeah multiples mm -hmm. maybe Ty's uh, reaction about Billy Horschel a couple of days ago. Nah, I don't know if that's going to make the cut. I mean, we, we got to have some sort of respect for the wall. Yeah. You know? You pooping out the football celebration. Yeah, that was a good one. Mm -hmm. When you fucking just murdered my desk. Mm -hmm. Yep. Unbelievable. So are you, you going to have that desk at the Igloo? Uh, well, 
believe it or not, there's some people trying to take advantage of, um, you know, knowing how much money we have at the current mm -hmm. moment. So I was pitched actually like this very reasonable, like $17,000 desk. You know what I mean? Yeah. Must be pretty sweet. Very reasonable. How heavy is it? Oh, it's heavier than a baby grand piano or whatever. So, oh, so we can never move it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but it's a really nice piece or whatever. You like, love it. I, so I don't even know if I have the desk yet, to be honest with you. That has been really? a conversation piece. I got a guy if you need one. You got a desk guy? <laughs> yeah, back in Burke. I got we some do guys. got a desk guy. You know him. He's good. He's a YouTube guy. Yeah. Ooh, we like dude too. Yeah, we just have to I got some Amish dudes here that'll build you a good one. Well, Tim does. Too. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. Tim was very frustrated with the entire thing. He's like, "We ain't paying. No way are we paying that amount for a fucking desk. No <laughs> way are we doing that." But with that being said, I don't believe this desk is making a cut to the new place. Oh, on the last show here, will you saw that in half yeah. with like a chainsaw? Yeah, put it somewhere. You could put it somewhere at the igloo, don't you think? We should like maybe hang it like maybe off could. the wall. Yeah, Ooh. Ooh. like a Fridays or like a car that comes in. Yeah, should yeah. We glue all the stuff like on a top Quaker of it. steak and lube. Yeah, somebody, somebody's gonna. We're gonna have to hire somebody to uh, spray <laughs> this thing down with glue and <laughs> keep this. So no, just you like, just pour a bunch of. Uh, Epoxy resin all over yep. the top. Can't of that. do that. It'll just it'll just crystallize just like that. All right, how's the asbestos with that? Pretty good. Pretty good, actually. It's a new glass case. resin. Hello. Use <laughs> <laughs> that phone twice today. Felt real good about it. <laughs> Felt real good about it. Is there any stained glass at the igloo? Uh no, no church stuff. I like stained glass though. Okay, it, there's not really any windows. Though. Yeah, they didn't no. have that in like the original. The igloo is no. Is there a basement? Uh, there is parts downstairs, yeah. Is it just like storage? Also or you a back cave. Yeah, we don't know. There's storage down there, but then there's also like, they've been trying to, you, I don't know if they had the hangers or how they exactly did it. They had like some sets. I guess there's something. There's something. Like, we might be sitting on, I don't know if we just got a bunch of oil. Yeah. Or, yeah. I, I don't know what they, what do you mean? What, what, may, what tells you that? Uh, they, a they massive did, structure, right? Yeah, Just they like did the some sort of land survey. Yeah, thing in the basement or out in the yard. No, it's down. It's like down out, down and out a little bit. I'm huh. like, is that a hole? Like, is that yeah. thing just going to collapse? Or? Is it a bunker? Yeah, it's, it's, it's might be a bunker. Maybe. But I'm just hoping. Hold on, hope it's just oil. Yeah. So like buried treasure. The igloo is cool and all, but we will take that fucker down and just. Yeah. yeah. You know. Put a fucking big old rigger on the outside yeah. of it. Yeah, we'll cover mm -hmm. it up with us so it looks nice, you know, because we want the neighbors to not be True. mad. Right. But yeah. also, we will just be pumping out Jerry Jones' money. Yeah. 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 By the Washington. If it's legal, by the way, we, we want to help sure, society. Sure, sure. However, we'll do it is help society. Yeah. Much possible. fracking. Yeah, we was we will save the world. Only one book. We want to get that oil out of the earth. Look at how yeah. disgusting it is. Oh, yeah. For America. Yeah. Sludge. You kidding oh. me? Yeah. Oh, my God. Get it out of there. Right it's probably ruining the water supply around here. Oh. Mm -hmm. How come that is never talked about? I don't know. That's probably not the case, huh? I guess I not. I think we're probably wrong. Fucking wow. BP ruined it. I don't think it's any oil, by the way. I, I was talking to a, a, a rock person, a rockologist. What'd they say? He said can canyons and <laughs> ca caverns. Hey, what does Bechtold do? Geologist. He's a rockologist. He's a geologist, but he does he does like a rockologist, yeah. He does uh, land surveys to figure out whether or not there would be natural gas or whatever, if it has the makings to be a place yeah. where I don't think Indiana has any of that. I don't think Damn. Indiana, well, which is a shame. Not yet. Ohio does. Really? Natural gas or oil? Like they, they did. It was big. I mean, natural gas stuff has died down, but like I think like north, northeast Ohio was having people, you know, they would come to their house and pay them money to 
eventually like have the rights to drill on their land if they want for natural gas? Yeah, that natural gas really took over. Uh, I think like Western Pennsylvania and West Virginia as well. There for a while, there was a rumor that James Harrison owned. Some natural gas. Oh. I actually asked him about it. He yeah. said, no, I, I have other business investments, so I don't have that. I was like, oh, I heard you were like a natural gas mogul, dude. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I heard. Came out of nowhere. What do we need now? What does the world need now? Solar panels. Everything. Bro. Yeah, those big windmill things. You, no, I fly over a lot of those, those things. Yeah. yeah. Put a couple of those up. Need more. Those Bro. things are always broken. Or maybe the we wind just kill a lot of birds, too. Water turbines. Hey, you kill a bird on this FanDuel face-off thing. You know, you Randy Johnson, you get an five. extra five seconds. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. huge. Yeah, it is. Fucking huge. The time is a big deal. You got to add hey, but when, oh, yeah. You know when Randy Johnson did that? They, they said he was, like, all torn up about it. Like, it bothered Oh, yeah. Him. Who said that? He was rattled. I don't know. <laughs> and what Randy didn't Randy say. Randy Johnson didn't give a fuck. Kidding me? <laughs> he was rattled. He's no way, dude. Struck out 22 his next out. Yeah. yeah. That's because he was all distraught. It would have been 27 if he wasn't so... Bro, he's not In a honor killer. of the bird. He's not a killer, dude. That bird should count as an extra K as well. He's a photographer, man. You know yeah, now he is. You remember, yeah, you remember when he was a Yankee? Some photographer got too close to his face. He said, get the fuck out of my face. And that just happened with Cristiano Ronaldo, I think. Something happened yeah. with camera stuff. Smack the phone, right? Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. That's a big deal. Speaking of uh, K for kill... Uh, for for the bird, Nick, you just said it made me think of something. <laughs> Have you seen this fourteen year old kid on Twitch? Every time he gets a kill, he sets off a uh, flare in his room. And uh, they, no. can I see it? It's amazing. I don't. Zito's gonna look it up. This dude is the next whatever. He is maybe the most electric kid I've ever seen in my life. Definitely a fire hazard. Might burn his house down. I'm not 100% sure how sustainable this particular segment is, but whatever he thinks of next is going to be great. I got faith in this 14-year-old kid maybe being the next big thing in the whole video game. Maybe just content game world as a whole. Set up his entire bedroom. A full rave happens every time he kills somebody. Yeah. And fire shoots out of the top like fucking Kane in the WWE. He's <laughs> setting this thing. Look at this. This kid. Look at that. He's got a fucking torch back here. And then boom, 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 boom. <laughs> Holy shit. This fucking kid. I love this kid. I don't know who he is. I want to be friends with him. What a weapon. He's got full pyro in his room? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, dude. I mean, the light show. It's unbelievable. And I, he's probably dead at this point, right? He can't be celebrating one kill at this point. He hits yeah, a button too. He's he's deciding how many fires. Oh yeah, fired up. Run the rave, run the rave. Where, do we know where he is? Um, no, Amsterdam. Is he a foreign guy? Maybe just Amsterdam. Fifty years in the future. Whatever he is, he's on the right path. I think. Keep going, <laughs> bub. Keep going, yeah, baby. Nice job, rave. All right, Hammer Don's at uh, 3.30. You're going to talk about the yeah. uh, same-game parlay, 50% refund thing in a better fashion than I did because AJ got lost in the middle of it. I, I don't think I could do it better than you, but I will talk about it. Yeah, AJ's a sack of bricks. Mm. That's why he didn't get it. What's that Numbers. all about? This guy graduated from college, didn't you? CT's right. Yeah, up. man. I told you I'm fully, I'm fully aware. Numbers are not my thing. and, and once you, So once you start talking numbers – Zone out, for sure. Oh, you're yeah. shutting it down. Hey, I'm not going to know what you're saying anyway, so I'm just going to go ahead and not yeah. waste any energy because there's other memories I'd like to keep in my brain and not have this one kind of push out. That's fair. Yeah, yeah you got to know your strengths and weaknesses, right? Hey, yeah, absolutely. It's very good self-awareness. That's a massive part of it all. Did you graduate, graduate, or you made a donation, they put you in the Hall of Fame, and you became a doctor? No, unfortunately, you can't do the old pay your way to get your graduation. I, I actually did it. Congrats, man. We saw you in the Hall of Fame, Good job, Got a break. Hey, did... Uh, is is Goopy wrestling now? No, that's a that's Champa, dude. Yeah. Congratulations, Ciampa? making the raw roster, Champa. Hey, it's awesome. awesome. Look yeah. at yeah. yeah, they're brothers. 
What'd you say? He looks just like Goomp. It's like Ezekiel and uh, Elias. Elias. Yeah. Elias is uh, Ezekiel's older brother. Mm-hmm. I would like they to find the other one. Well, we're still looking. There's a lie detector test coming next Raw. That's yep. right. <laughs> what? I'd like to say. Uh, Are you serious? Kevin Owens is asking a lot of real questions. He is. Uh, Kevin Owens, am I the only one? That is Elias with a shaved beard. Yeah. He I'm said worried that. about KO. I think he's losing. Yeah, his he never yeah. learns. Wasn't it enough getting stunned? Love it, man. They're together. They're vastly different. Vastly different people. Clearly, brothers. Elias is bigger. Definitely same womb. We get it. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. Know, we absolutely get it. But Ezekiel and Elias, two very different people. Yeah. What? I know. It's it's amazing how much they look alike so maybe they'll have to wait till next wrestlemania to see them together wrestling no well we don't know how it's all gonna pan out but we do know monday night raw lie detector test for ezekiel are you who we thought you were you know what i mean is kevin owens doing this for him like he's gonna put him through a lie detector i hope so yeah those aren't admissible so i mean i don't i don't not you know, court, but I love know, KO. Sure, WWE they are. If they don't, sure. if they don't, work probably just wants to steal a move from Ezekiel. Wow, what is this guy's problem? <laughs> Come on, I didn't do a single move in my own either. What do you mean? What are you talking about? You did the you cocked your leg. You did yeah. the Swantonio ball. Yeah. Yeah. Swantonio. You did the yeah. I did do the Swantonio. <laughs> yeah, different move. <laughs> I should do that every time. If I ever get back in the ring, I should absolutely. <laughs> no, when you step up, when you stand up on the turnbuckle like Stone Cold, that's what you do with both hands. No, at all four corners. No, you, oh, you think I should? And when I come out, oh. that's your thing. Yeah, just like Stone Cold flicking them off. I, I don't know, because if I, have, I would love it. I would really. Bro, I would if get I a have, kick out of it. if I have the Swan Tanino, the Swan Tanino, yeah. if I had the Swan Tanino Bombini, you know, Ooh. if I had the Swan Tanino Bombini that I did every single, that would be awesome. Yeah, that'd be sweet. I have Swan Tanino Bombini. <laughs> Is uh, I think I found it when I lost my uh. Pinky ring, by the way. It was on during the suplexes that he did in me. Ah. So I think the one where I gave him one, maybe. Because he tried to do three of those on me. Yeah, he did. What are, are you kidding? Me? Talking about theory? Yeah, theory. Yeah. Personal. Yeah, lost first. You see day. me. You, see, you know I check up on it. Hey, you do. You keep up with theory, huh? Yeah. My theory is I beat Austin off him. Hell yeah! <laughs> yeah. That you beat Austin off, you're right. Is that what you said? <laughs> You said you beat Austin off of it, right? Off of his name, dude. Oh, okay. Oh, come on. Let's get to a break. He's going to answer more phone calls. Why are you stopping looking at me like that? That's what you said. Why are you such a child? You know, maybe I did, but, you know. And, I, okay, I'm sorry that I asked what the viewers and listeners would want to ask. We couldn't just go, go right by that. Well, listen, I feel like we've learned a lot today, okay? We've said some unfortunate things. And now we must go on like a 19-hour and 45-minute break. Yeah. Really regather ourselves and have a better show tomorrow. Hell yeah. And let's beat off tomorrow as well. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I'm all in. <laughs> all right. Let's do it. <laughs> Sound like a plan, AJ? I'll tell you what, I didn't know you were going to end this with such inspiration, but thank you for that. Well, the Swantania Bombini really <laughs> took me to another level. Enlightened place. Man. When I flip, I, I did... Uh, the Jeff Hardy almost. Oh, yeah. But I had peace sign out there. I need to flip and do oh, yeah. this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. 
Me and bro, Sam Martino doing a lot for the Italians. <laughs> oh, that's right. Goddamn right. We're going to be pumped about it. Happy 402 Day. Uh, ton digs and hammer down. Started like probably 335. Stream will start at 330. Mm-hmm. That's Hockey Talk tomorrow night. Has Marc-Andre Fleury. So oh, go ahead and put ooh. that into your schedule. Yeah. Wow. That'd be fantastic. Okay. Uh, he plays for Minnesota Wild now, which is a team in the NHL. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Our team in the NHL. He is obviously should have been went back to the Penguins. He's now in the Wild. I assume the Wild's going to win the Stanley Cup now because they have him on probably. the team. Uh, he'll be joining... That's Hockey Talk tomorrow night. What a good booking here. Yeah, uh, Nick, this is huge. Yeah, shout out to Rupper, man. Rupper kills it with the bookings. He does an incredible job. Are you going Stanley Cup champion Mike Rupp, co-host of That's Hockey Talk every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. at YouTube.com forward slash That's Hockey Talk Great alongside book. Goomp and uh, Nick. Are you going to ask him about refusing to score and missing out on a $100,000 yeah. donation to his foundation that I promised? Absolutely. It's kind of troublesome that he wouldn't want to help out the people in the foundation. He adamantly refused to score after that. It was troubling. To watch. So how many games are left in the season? A lot or not a lot? Uh, eight, nine, ten, depending on which team you are. All right. Tell him we'll give $250,000 to a, a foundation of his choosing if he scores a fucking goal in a game for Hell the yeah. rest of the season. All right. Will we do. relay that message to him? Happily. Does he have any goals? No. No. He went for it once, right? No, he, he hit the fucking post last year, I think, on yeah. one. He went for it a couple different times. Okay. It's not easy for a goalie to score because you got to get it up over everybody. It has to be an empty net, and you have to keep it straight. You know, you see people at those half t- or, uh, intermission try to slide a puck into the net. That's hard to keep it straight. Oh, yeah. Let alone with a fucking goalie stick. He's been trying for 20 years. Yeah. I don't know. I watched Happy Gilmore with my kids last night, and I saw Happy went on that date with old girl, and she slapped one in from from half court. Yeah, but teeth. she was super talented. She grew up around that. You yeah. know what I mean? She yeah, that's uh, true. She was. And how about that way that guy sang on that date too? Yep, so good. I I forgot how awesome Happy Gilmore is. I'm not joking. My th- watch with my three boys. They laughed like Bobby Carpenter laughs at movies, like knee slapping funny. <laughs> the whole time. It was awesome. Seems like Bob Carpenter just took a shot. Jeez, oh yeah, no, it's not a shot. Me and Bob talk about it all the time. Like I was oh, like, Bob, I wish things were knee slapping funny to me like they are to you. <laughs> oh, Bob has a good time. Huh? Bob has a great time with it. I'm like, man, I wish I got this much joy out of this movie. I, I there's been a couple movies that have got me crying a couple oh, yeah. times. And I some... laughed out loud at Jack uh, Jackass, the new one. Uh, I'm gonna yeah. watch that. I'm gonna you watch that. To. I need to watch that. I mean, I saw Pontius' cheeks. They look better than ever. Yeah. They're right in front of me there. I watched A Star is Born the other night. Ooh, classic. Fucking really good movie. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, he kills himself, right? <laughs> All right. Jesus <laughs> Christ. We're back We're, tomorrow. I haven't, I haven't seen the movie. Spoiler. I want to see it. Right. It's a great movie. Jesus. Dude. Son of a bitch. Does he kill himself like... Like, kill himself or just through drugs and alcohol? Well, oh, dude. Dude. I watch it. Just watch the fucking movie. Yeah. I'm not gonna, I have himself, no desire dude. to watch it. It's a great movie. You should watch I it. Know, I'm not going to watch it. We, we did this like six months ago. I'm not going to watch it, but it's all right. We you should watch it. That was a different show you were on. Andrew Dice Clay's in it. You should watch it. Yeah, he's great. Right. Yeah. Like Dice okay. Sam Elliott. AJ, too. it's a good movie, but you know he's going to kill himself within the first five seconds. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's, that's my issue. He has one of the yeah. best lines of all time. Sir, I don't think this place is for you. They serve alcohol in here? Yeah. It's for me. That's such good. I like he has a little bit of a booze problem, but he's just a mega little star. bit. Yeah, it's about two hours of just waiting for this guy to kill himself. Oh, there's music, oh, dude. Geez. I'm telling you. That's why oh. I didn't like it as much. It's a great movie, though. It's a good love story. Oh, yeah. Lady Gaga, though. Didn't she win an award? Yes. Oh, yeah. They all should have Lady Gaga crushed it. Yeah, she did. The way it was shot was very well done, too, mm-hmm. by the way. Mm-hmm. The movie did the ruin their story. marriages, though, too. What's that? Oh, I thought Gaga right. wasn't married. The movie no, no, because everybody said Bradley Cooper and Gaga were going to get together, and they did not at all. No, True. they both uh, ended their relationship. So. Yeah. Could have been an emotional affair. Let me get another look at you. He does say that to her <laughs> so. a couple times. 
Oh yeah, whenever she leaves the mm-hmm. the car to go into the house. Yeah, and at the end. Mm-hmm. Tell me something, girl. It's a good. Hey, Bradley. It's a good Cooper's song. A lot of jams. A lot of jams. A lot of good songs in there. You know, even a pop song or two in there. Oh, yeah. yeah, really goes well. That was a good song. Seems sad. Seems like the whole movie seems sad. The rock one that opens the movie oh, is a banger one. of a song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Bradley Cooper can really fucking do it on a guitar, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They wrote that out. He has a lot of guitar solos in there. Is it really him playing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. oh, yeah. And Pierce. singing. I mean, he's a, we know. He is a stud actor. Absolutely. Yeah. Philly guy. Too. Georgetown guy. You're a scumbag. Mm-hmm. What's that? He's a scumbag? You went to Georgetown. You are. Why? Why are you saying he's a scumbag? What did Bradley Cooper do that I don't know about? Well, no, no. You are a scumbag for saying all these great things about him, but refusing to watch his art. <laughs> I watch a lot of his art, but this art I just doesn't pique my interest for some reason. It's a good one. You should watch it, man. Have a good time. All right. You also watch <laughs> yeah. Hammer Down as well. Happy 412 Day. AJ, he does die at the end. Okay? <laughs> Damn it, that would, it doesn't change. People need to get over spoilers. It doesn't change anything. It's All still right, be a great dude. Movie. Okay. Uh, hey, spoiler too. Commander's probably going to be up for sale. <laughs> yeah. I mean, spoiler. I mean, we can do this all day if you want to, I guess. All right. We're back tomorrow. Hammer Down's in like 10, 15 minutes. You are the best people on Earth. See you hey, tomorrow. Winning Wednesday. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Also, I think we have a couple big guests tomorrow. Do we? Let's go. I don't know. Do we? Do we? I think so. Maybe. Will Smith. All Jermaine. Ooh. After a big one in the UFC, I believe we'll have, um, I mean, we'll reach out to Will Smith, see if he wants to do his first talk. Ezekiel. Okay. Oh, we do have another one, too. Sorry. Who? Isn't. um, Oh, no, no. Yeah, surprise. All right. We'll see you guys tomorrow. You guys are the best. AJ, really good toxic stuff today out of you, honestly. Thank you. I need to know who that surprise is. Nah. Nah. You'll see. You'll be surprised, too. Yeah, yeah. See you, everybody. Goodbye.